Yeah, it'd be great. Yeah. Uh, but so, it's not. do you want to go on a date? No, we would not get along. I would scratch your eyeballs out. Jeff put him in his ears Jeff last in on this podcast. Oh yeah, I do. These are great. These would be great running because they hey, really stick. Well, I just got the them. what are they called? Air. Oh, the like AirPods. Mm-hmm. AirPods, which has made me forty percent cooler in the gym because I no longer rip my earphones out oh, when yeah. I'm doing like kettleball like anything on the regular, and, and my phone would just fly, and everyone <laughs> in the gym right. is like, <laughs> "Are they um, so they're wireless?" Yes. And they're other. They don't. They're not wired together. Not either. wired together. They just. I don't know their magic. I mean, not that I go to. The Do you know what the right best thing. part about it is? Tell us. The best part about it is that you can find my phone. You can find your earphones. Oh really? <laughs> Wait, what? You can find your AirPods. Oh, okay. So like, find my phone. Like people. Because yeah. if you're me, you lose things on the regular. I need that with everything in life. I know. Basically, I need my entire life to be tiled. The tile things. <laughs> Like granite or yeah. um, uh, travertine. Travertine. Because <laughs> I'm I would, fancy. Yeah, I'd go. Yeah. What's travertine? It's no, like really you, fancy tile. It's this stuff. That's oh. travertine. I'd go like Greek white stone. Yeah, we're going on a tangent. Oh, you could hear each other. Yep. Yep. Wow. No, I really I don't like this. I really could use one of those for my keys. Mm-hmm. My phone. I already have one. And for my earbuds, but I don't have, I need to get the air, I need to get the pods. And your youngest child. are amazing. Uh, the children are fine. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah. I, it, the only thing is though, I fear, you know, the guy, there's always the guy who had the black Bluetooth yes. phone thing. Yes. I think I'm becoming him. Cause I'll have my, <laughs> I figured out the secret <laughs> to Costco on a Saturday. Are you ready? It is, you have in. Your earbuds, Air, AirPods, AirPods, and you um, make a playlist of Chance the Rapper with Anderson Pock with who else did I have in there? I think I had some Kanye, and I just walked around Costco like I own the place, listening yeah. to music. You get all like no up. one else is in there, right? And it was super packed, and I like started having a dance party by myself down the aisle. Wow. It's fine. You're like a lot of other people in Costco because they just have no clue that anyone else is there. Oh, no, I don't like hit anybody with a cart or anything. Oh. It just makes it more fun. You know, because eating Whole30 means I can't eat the samples. Oh. Actually, I I don't like the samples anymore. Because they freak you out? Because no. there's lots of touching? Okay, it's not the touching. Like, they just, they just, it's a bunch <laughs> of it's the touching. <laughs> they just have a bunch of breaded stuff everywhere. I'm like, ah, I'll be full by the third aisle. and. That's why I go at lunchtime on Saturdays. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we have a lot of homeless down in our, right down by the beach, and there's a Costco there. And I thought, man, what a great investment for one of the homeless people. Just buy a membership. Yeah, get the membership and then just walk through. Pass that card around. Every day. 
And sometimes, Jeff, when you wear your sweats and you haven't show, chauvin in a while. Chauvin is not a word. Uh, <laughs> you walk in object. there and you're object. like, uh, <laughs> we have a job for that. Shut just, up, Scott. <laughs> you actually have a sound effect. Hey, I did. I don't appreciate Wait, you keep going. at that. Hey, keep you're going. on here, too. You have a drop. You were talking about... <laughs> oh, yeah. I do. What do I do? Here's, here's one. Preston Sprinkle is someone's name. <laughs> <laughs> and one more. There's one. The what? dirty the dirty word. Wait, hold off. Do the dirty word. Okay. Poutine. Yeah. That's not a dirty word. That is... Scott thinks it sounds That's dirty. That's the Russian leader. There's... Man, and there's <laughs> right. a... There's a <laughs> He's covered in cheese and gravy. <laughs> Riding a horse with no shirt uh-uh, on. Uh-uh. Hey, it's upstairs time. Now, actually, Sarah, going back to the air, air, AirPods and Costco, I put the the earbuds in, and so I've 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 got you know it going right down to my phone, and every once in a while, I'm going to grab something gets caught. Next thing Flips I know, I'm, th- I'm throwing my uh-huh. earbuds towards the oranges uh-huh. or the cheese. Uh huh. And then there's just a moment of people looking at me. I'm like, I'm listening to music. Everybody back away. Let me get my faculties. I remember being on the treadmill. Do you remember Discman's? Oh, yeah. Explain Go, a little. Yeah, and then I probably... Like a Walkman, but it a was oh, Jeff, oh, yeah. Jeff remembers yeah. Walkman. Yes. When I was... Uh, right, the Walkman. <laughs> when I might have been in college, I had one. And I was running on a treadmill one time. And it was on the second story of the gym, and it <gasps> fell oh my. away. Oh my god! <laughs> They're not stable anyway, but it went. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Did and you, I didn't go retrieve it because yeah. I was so embarrassed. You didn't even do the proverbial like look over the. Edge, I looked like, over, oh, and then sorry. I pretended it wasn't mine. Who did that? That's Weird. terrible. <laughs> I could never spring for for the technology, the advanced anti-skip technology. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, my parents. Um, did. Mine didn't have that, and so. Any activity with it was just not useful at all. Yeah, three seconds, man. That's all I, you know? Three seconds of skip. Oh, is that what it was? <laughs> was it like a three-second delay? There was three. They, I think they had three, and then they had ten seconds. Yeah. Ten no. seconds was the top of the line. Yeah. yeah. Definitely not my... I have I'm, a I'm lost. Only, I'm lost. Only fancy Go thing I got when I was a kid. Well, I commend you on your um, your podcast etiquette. You have great posture. You're right on the mic. Oh, yeah. People yeah. don't do this. It's yeah. like you've done this before. It's like I do it all the time. Yeah, you're... Um, uh, Every, yeah. What? Yeah. what? what? Everybody, Sarah Heath returns. I am back. Part two. Part two. You know? Yeah, uh, it's an exclusive club, the two timers. It's Brandon Andrus and I think Sarah Heath. I think. Can you believe that? I can't believe it. I feel honored. You sh- well, okay, I take that back. You should. I mean, you didn't not, say not- anything. Yeah, good. That's good. <laughs> you breathe. I <laughs> take that back. <laughs> I take that breath back. Finally, <laughs> Scott stops breathing. Yeah. <laughs> I actually apologized for the amount I breathe when I was doing a podcast with my friend. He turned his podcast. He has a podcast called Ask Science Mike, and he turned it into Ask Pastor Sarah. You're saying I- ask, right? A- ask. Okay. Correct. Okay. Two A's. Okay, good. Otherwise, it's different. Ask Science Mike. Yeah. <laughs> That's a different guy. He's better than that. Yeah. Um, anyway, I apologize because I breathe so much. Because my poor editor used to just spend days listening to me go, <gasps> I didn't realize I breathed so It's not much. a medical problem, right? No. It turns out my, Mike couldn't stop laughing. He was like crying. He was like, <laughs> who apologizes for breathing? And he was like, Enneagram twos. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
I'm so sorry I'm taking up space. You guys and your Enneagrams. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're also contributing to global warming. I don't know if you knew that. <clears throat> yeah, don't fart either. That'd be, that'd be great. <laughs> she stopped contributing for uh, three and a half seconds. It's two. <laughs> yeah, we get uh, we don't breathe heavy generally, but depending on the frequency of the nose whistle, that'll come through. That just cuts about, right through. You're talking about us on the podcast. Yes. Right? Okay. Yeah. Good. Good. Who has a nose whistle? I'm gonna say I've 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 had it. <laughs> Jeff's had it. This is a we joke. take turns. This is making stuff up. This Total embellishment. This has been the nose whistle minute. Okay. But I do want where's to say, it, yeah, where's our jumping <laughs> off? You were point? just we're we're jump we were already in it. Okay. Um, oh, we this has started. Sorry, guys. Yeah. No, we're, we're recording. Good. Actually, no, that's the best. You didn't know it. You were just on Science Mike. Mm-hmm. Ask. Was it just ask Sarah Heath? Ask Pastor Sarah. Ask Pastor Sarah. That sounds better. Um. Which was awesome. And also, Thanks. you've been in the liturgist a couple times, mm-hmm. just a few times. Yeah. And they just got new hosts. And the first thing I thought yeah, of, awesome. which, yes, it's William, correct? Yeah. William. And Hillary. And Hillary McBride. Oh, also, we've had Hillary McBride. We have. Really? She's and amazing. We've, we've had Science Mike on. Wow. Man, this is full circle. I didn't know liturgists got new hosts. And they're great. I... I I love Hillary, but William Mann has added some life to that show, and and it was already great. But I love how he uh, he'll push back mm-hmm. very nicely and gracefully to Michael, yeah, Michael Gunger, I should say. I, I probably need to learn from him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you probably could. I don't know. What is that supposed to mean, Zach? I don't know exactly. Thank you, but. But he's just, I don't know, it's great. I like what they're doing. But I could, could can't help but think that you were probably on the short list <laughs> to take that spot. And if you have thought about that. I, you know, it's mm-hmm. funny. I I did for a second. I was like, why would, oh, how should I feel about this? Because they're like my best friends. Yeah. I love them. Uh, good friends of mine. I hang out a lot. I'm trying to get you in trouble. No, no, it's okay. Um, And I actually did have a moment of like, why wouldn't they ask me to do it? But I actually know Hillary and uh, William really well, and they are perfect for it. And if we really look at my schedule, there's no way I could have added it. And I appreciate. And so I texted. This is how close Mike and I are. I said, Mike, I don't know why I was like, I'm excited because these are two great people. But for some reason, I feel a little sad because I love doing it. Mm -hmm. And um, he didn't respond. And then I got this text that said, I'm sorry I didn't respond for like an hour, but I was so sad that Aww. you would not, that you would think that. And I, and then all of a sudden it was this, I said, I'm so sorry. Like, I love all of you guys and you're my good friends. And I, for some reason, I just got sad. And he was like, but you're always going to be on, like, we'll have you all the time. And, and you're so busy. And we had this moment and I was just like, this is how you know it's a real friend because I don't normally tell people when I'm upset about things. Uh-huh. And his response was like a big, huge hug and like, oh my gosh, Sarah, of course, like we love having you on. And I was like, that's not, it felt kind of like that kid who for a minute's like, what, what about me? I'm a younger sister. <laughs> so I felt for a minute that way. And I like actually told a good friend of mine, I said, hey, I feel this way. And he was like, really? Um, but at the same time, it's just kind of fun to cheer your friends on. So mm-hmm. was it a textual hug? It was a textual hug, yeah. Okay, good. But then we saw each other a couple days later, and there was a real hug. Okay. Okay. I like that textual hugging. Yeah. But that's a great thing is I don't, you know, you know, I get so excited for them, and they do such great work. And so, yeah, I thought about it a little bit, like for a day. Yeah. 
I thought about two, but and mostly then I heard because Hillary and she kicks butt. She's amazing. Yeah, she she's great. I thought about two, but it's mostly because you're you're good at podcasting and you're excellent mm. when you're on there. Okay, we'll Thanks. talk about that later, Scott. Mm. Meh. Yeah, you would. Scott gives gives me a solid mm. meh. Yeah, I heard you started you. You started your own podcast? I did. Well, speaking of Hillary McBride, yeah. Has she been on that podcast? She's been on my podcast. Yeah. She'll be on my podcast again. Pretty Scott, sure. on the mic. Yeah, what's been going on since we last talked to you? The so mic. the last time I talked to you, um, I was in a car wreck. Remember that? That I was do. fun. The death of the mini rev. The mini rev. Not me, but the actual <laughs> car. Yeah, my mini Well, Cooper. you're regular sized rev. I'm regular sized rev. Yeah, so my... And you brought your chaperone, but now you don't have a chaperone, so there's this must yeah, be a oh, safe yeah. safe place here. <laughs> it was no. my friend who had to drive me after <laughs> I had a car accident. That's funny. Yeah, uh, so I now drive a 2001 Camry. Yeah. Rolling deep on that pastor money. Guys, I have a sticker on the side of my car that says a Camry. It's a Camry thing you wouldn't understand. <laughs> One of my staff put it on there because I originally was just going to have the car for a couple of months until cars kind of came down in price. Because they come down in price in the fall. And really? this woman in my church sold it to me super cheap at, from my former church. And she, so my staff were like, this car is kind of awesome. And then they were like, what if we put roof racks on it for surfing? And then now Barbara, we've named her Barbara because she's an old white car. Um, <laughs> Barbara. <laughs> Barbara just died. <laughs> Babs is what we call her. Not that Barbara. It's um, so good. But so Babs, as my staff, they love her. And like my, my, Mike has two daughters. And Madison says, uh, they call me Aunt Sarah. Aunt Sarah, can we ride in your car? It's like being in a couch. It's like riding <laughs> on a couch. So everyone likes to be in my old car. And now it's like she has personality. She had a really like chipped bumper. And I went away for, um, and I like to keep my cars in a pristine way. And so I went away and I came back and I opened my garage was around my birthday and one of my friends had had my car completely nice. like the bumper redone wow. That's awesome. so we say um babs got a butt job <laughs> and so she went from barbara nice. to babs a little kim kardashian a little kim wow. kardashian yeah. car dash sorry yeah car dash did you get a bra <laughs> did you get a bra for it no we'll edit that out yeah like, people know. love you though man to have your car fixed is awesome and so now i drive around a car that yeah, 2001. And it has 180-some-odd thousand no. miles on it. Those Camrys last a long And time. she lasts forever. And yeah. I got a, so I got a stereo put in her. She's all Bluetooth set up. Ooh. Man, you got to be careful when you end, the this, 2001 Bluetooth. end something with her. You just, I'm just, go ahead. The Bluetooth action might be more expensive than no, the Bluetooth okay, action. So here's her. the thing. Yeah, see, There's still cool. a store called, uh, what's it called? Not Radio Shack. What's the other one? Help me. Not Best, Best Buy. Best Buy. <laughs> oh, really? I was thinking small. Man, they're yeah. boutique. They're, 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 I guess they're getting there. They're yeah. boutiquing. Yeah. yeah. So Best Buy. I went in there and I wanted to get a Bluetooth stereo because, again, I knew I was going to keep the car for a couple of months. And I was like, oh. the thing that really bothers me about this thing is the tape deck is only usable. And Sorry, it has a tape deck. It is did. Real? I know. And I got it. So I got it. A new stereo. Do you know how much it costs? New stereo with Bluetooth, all that kind of fancy pants stuff. $75. $85 installed. Friends. Installed? Wow. <laughs> really? Nice. Yeah. Wow. It was on super sale. They're like, are you sure you just want this? Yep. And so now, and it has a little mic. Oh so I have incredible, like, my family can hear me really well. They couldn't in my Mini Cooper. 
Probably because it was a convertible. It's a blessing and a curse. Yeah, when you got the top down. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So now I'm, I drive a tank. I'm going to go and get, what was it, 85 installed? Uh, 85 Camry. I, no, yeah. it was not. <laughs> 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 Shut up. Oh. No, it's 2001. Oh I'm way more advanced than that. I have a vehicle that needs that. I'm going to. Go to Best that. Buy. You're welcome, Best Buy. Yeah. That's free. Radio Shack's now called The Shack. You know, I no think way. Best Buy's advertising mm-hmm. budget is probably, I would say, in the billions of dollars a year. Mm-mm. Did Radio Shack get mm-hmm. investment from William Paul Young? <laughs> that was going on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. What is happening? The Shack. He wrote William, The Shack. He, it's fine. Oh. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, so great. That's what's been going on. So that's I, I released a book, right? Yes. I released a book, March, April. So I released a book right after I saw you guys. And yes. that did really well, which was fun. What's your story? What's your story? Seeing your life what's through God's this, What's eyes. the name of the book? What's your story? No, I'm saying what's the name of your book. If I was going to write something. Scott. Shut up, Scott. <laughs> That was deserved. That's my favorite. <laughs> Everybody, make sure you laugh into the microphone. <laughs> no. Yeah, so uh, that went really well, and I've done a bunch of speaking engagements, which has been really fun. I did do a litter just live, which was really fun. A couple of those, um, but got to speak at the one in LA. That was really fun because it was. Uh, I spoke right before uh, Peter Rollins, and we're friends, and so he asked me what I was going to speak about, and we're backstage, and I look at him, and I'm like. Um, and I tell him what I'm going to speak about. And he says, cool, I'm going to say the opposite. I'm like, you little Irish. <laughs> and then he came out and killed it. And his accent so much better than mine. So I just had like, I was the only girl. So that was my only thing I had. You got like a girly accent. <laughs> I do. A Canadian accent. Oh, man. That guy. I mean, we're going to keep talking about you in a second. But Peter Rollins. He's a good dude. Oh, man. I listened, I've listened to The Idolatry of God three or four times, and every time there's like a new layer that peels off of it, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, wow, I didn't get that the first time. The first time is almost just glazing. My eyes are glazing over. My ears are glazing over because I'm listening, and it, it's, so, it's so deep. Yeah, yeah. well, one Anyways. thing in particular, Scott, or Scott, Zach, just one How thing. dare you embarrass Zach like that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks, Scott. See, yeah. we have we go both ways. Just one well, thing I mean, that you've listened not like to the Peter adultery Lewis of God. Um, it's great. Now you're putting me on the spot. I, I know. I can't. I can't do it. I'm not oh. going to go there. Okay. Mostly because I can't. But also the divine magician. Oh uh, yeah, that was super good. Yeah. Yeah. Anyhow. He's a good dude. So yeah, I went after him, and that was really fun. I did that. Then I did launch a podcast, and that has been the thing that has been taking a lot of energy and time and going really well. And, uh, yeah. Is it you on your own? Is it's somebody on my own editing and no, no editing, just oh, straight through no, it's someone's editing. Okay. Oh Lord. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Sonder lust. Can we see the name? Yeah. Okay? Sonder lust. Please do. Sonder lust, which is Sonder. That word means to realize that other people are living individual lives different than yours. Sonder lust is, and I want to live it. Do you want to know what's great? Ready for the full circle? I do. Guess who the first person was I met when I was thinking about doing a podcast with? Zach. Yeah. At a Starbucks. Really? And I still had that list of things that I needed to do. And you didn't do any of them, and it sounds great. I did, too, do a lot of them. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't... It's so funny, because we're at a stage now where I'm moving beyond... um, so I had a, just friends of mine who were like, let's figure out how to make a podcast. And yeah. one of my friends is a film editor. And so she was like, 
hey, I'll be your editor. I'll just learn that. And so she, we like threw it together on like garage band and we came up with this trailer and my friend who's a professional podcast editor was like, that thing's incredible. Nice. And yeah. So someone awesome. wrote music for us. Actually, the guy that drove me here last Daniel. time, yeah. Daniel, who lives the back. giant. Yeah, he is a giant. <laughs> he lives back in Maryland now, but he, oh, really? mm-hmm, he, uh, yeah, he wrote the music for it and it's been, so we've done, we're halfway through. So it's a 52 week challenge. And as of last week, we were 26 weeks through. I'm um, not 26 weeks. Yeah, 26 weeks through last week. So uh, in the middle of it, my podcast editor and the girl who did my marketing, both of them got like super great jobs and they were volunteering. So mm. I lost my podcast editor and the girl doing my graphics. And so just really thinking about it and realizing like we have a lot of listeners. So we decided, I guess I decided. I met with uh, some friends of mine who are in marketing and they're like, you can't just let this thing go. Mm. And so we're going to be doing like a Kickstarter or an Indiegogo um, because we've hired a professional editor out of Nashville who was super, had heard my work and was really excited about it. Um, and so he was like, I really want to work with you. So, um, and that can't be cheap. Oh, mm-mm. it's like $500 an episode. Wow. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's not inexpensive. What if you do a half episode, like like <laughs> you just, just cut it. it in the middle? <laughs> yeah, I'm like I only have two hundred and fifty dollars, <laughs> like a drug dealer. Donations are a little short this month. I know it's it's a, a little less than that, but we have like to think about marketing because I'm horrible at self marketing. Like I I know that about myself. Um, a lot of my friends who work uh, with me in different things, so whether it be podcasting or speaking, they're like <laughs> like a guy that uh, works at our church. Does he works with a bunch of speakers, including Peter Rollins? He looked at my like speaker sheet thing, and he was like, "You're literally the you just let this is the worst." He's like, "From now on, tell You're the everyone worst speaker ever." Is that what he said? <laughs> no, no, no. Hit the button. Shut up, Scott. <laughs> um, no, they, <laughs> they. Uh, he just said that I was awful at like making demands and like telling people what I needed, and um, I spoke like. <laughs> I spoke at like for 5,000 people in North Carolina um, with another speaker. Her name's Rachel Held Evans. And Rachel was like, Sarah. Who? Rachel Held Evans. She's great. She's amazing. Uh, Great person. I adore. Um, So she she was like, You know, like you're a speaker and I'm a writer and I write to speak. Like I have to, or I have to speak so that I can write. And she's like, And you write so you can speak. And she's like, You're really good at this you're not charging enough. Like what is wrong with you to the point where the people who like ran the event were like, we're going to actually pay you more (laughs) because we're paying other speakers like 10 times more. Oh, wow. We're not, we're not, we're not paying. Oh gosh. No. I offered her beer. We're going to, I know. And I'm doing whole 30, like an idiot. That's a great, let's not lose this track, but how many days in are you? This is seven. Oh, so you're not totally out of the anger woods. How long does that last? I don't know. I'm more, you know what it is? I eat pretty well. I'm not like a super, but I just, yeah, I'm doing okay. I'm not that angry. I just miss dairy. Yeah. And I do miss wine. I want wine. Like I'm okay without beer because of La Croix is like sparkly and I can get that like sensation. a little gin in that. (laughs) You're not helping. (laughs) Your eyes just lit up. I got gin right up there. (laughs) You're the worst. (laughs) 
Yeah. I don't have a drinking no, problem. None, <laughs> of the, <laughs> none of the people that you're doing the challenge with will listen to this podcast. I'm sure you can just. Yeah, I know they will. Yeah. They totally will. Uh, so, yeah, I'm doing that with uh, people from church. So I'm not drinking. But, yeah, so the podcast is about 52 weeks. My best friend, who if you think Daniel's a giant, my best friend's six foot nine. And so he uh, he is a lot like Will Ferrell. He has a really like a magnetic personality. He's super funny. And when I turned 37 this year, I was having a really tough time with that. And I was chatting with him on the phone and he was like, that's it. I want you to like take this year and you need to change your life. And here are the ways I think you should change your life. And if you don't, then I'm moving you because Southern California is toxic. And if you lived anywhere else, you would be happier. And I was like, no, it's not. Yeah, the air is bad. (laughs) 97% of Californians are living a bad breathing area probably yeah. yeah his he was more concerned about the culture uh-huh. uh, and he said you know it's really hard because you 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 know love where you live in so many ways but i live here in this very city and uh it's a really hard place to live as a single person who doesn't have kids and um john says he needs a passport every time he comes to visit me because it's so far <laughs> um and most of my life is up uh, north, you know, towards Costa Mesa, right. LA area. So it's been one of those things. So we are halfway through and it got really hard, like really hard. One of the challenges was dating. So I had to like publicly date. Really? You're actually, so this, what do you mean these publicly? challenges are like, I'm challenging. You ready? Go. There's four. I have to start dating. Pinky finger. Pinky finger was, <laughs> I have to start dating. I have to, uh, Pinky swear. Love my job. Not ring, just like it. Finger. How do you, okay, keep going, finish. Married to your job. Because <laughs> I actually literally am married to my job. I have to uh, love where I live. And you just hate the city. Middle Wait finger. a minute. <laughs> Scott. <laughs> and I have to uh, have friends outside of, that aren't involved outside in my ministry. Always, yep. always pointing them out. So there was four. And John's great, but he decided on the podcast, he's hysterical. So he's like, I'm now your life boss for this year. I get this whole year of your life. I'm your life boss. So anytime I like argue with him, he's like life boss. So I have to do the things he challenges me to do. But we figured he wasn't really, um, he didn't have the right credentials perhaps to do that job. So we Googled because that's where you learn all things. And we discovered that there are like five areas of happiness that Carl Jung, kind of a (laughs) well-known psychotherapist Mm -hmm. said people need to have in order to be happy. Mm -hmm. And so those five things are kind of, so those four challenges within those five things are what we're working towards. So the reason I talked to Hillary McBride is her and I talked about how difficult it is to do my job as a woman and how sometimes that means I get disembodied. Like people are like, whoa, you can't be feminine and do this job. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that means I disembody myself. Like I say, you know, I have had a lot of shame about the way I look because apparently the way I look isn't okay for some folks. That's difficult. And so. Like what? Your female. curious. Super hideous. <laughs> what? I'm just kidding. Because on <laughs> they have no idea what I look like. They let her on stage? <laughs> what is going on? Um, I think because I have a more, you know, I'd, I don't know how to describe it. Like I, um, one of the things I shared with Hillary that I'd never shared publicly before was that I'd been called in by a superior and told that I needed to change the way that I dressed. And I dress very like normal for someone my age. I dress uh, appropriate. But um, the idea was that I looked too feminine and I look too... The thing she said is that no woman would trust you with their husband or boyfriend. My female superior mm. 
said that to me. Yeah, so that's interesting. I I, I listened to that episode. Um, now we go. We have a history, not directly, but indirectly. So yes. my uncle and my aunt have mm-hmm. went to Calvary. Uh, not Calvary. Good grief. It's next to Calvary. It's next to Calvary. Yeah, but uh, uh, United Methodist Shepherd of the Hills. Yes. Uh, in Rancho for a long mm-hmm. time. Um, so I saw a video. Get on that mic, bro. Get on that Mac, bro. Um, and so there was, I don't know, I'm on the mic and I have to lisp. Uh, there was w- the video I saw, uh, you were in a kind of a, probably an above knee high Careful. dress. Uh-huh. Okay. What do you, yeah. I don't know. I'm just wondering what you're going to say. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> it was, no, I mean, yeah, I. I can see where she is coming from. Yep. So you're part of the problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well, oh, there's a drop for that. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's actually a drop for he's part well, of the problem. <laughs> he, no, but he has one that says it's about to get juicy. Oh, yeah. here. Potentiality to get juicy. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Whenever yeah. there's there's a discussion point coming yeah. up. So <laughs> I had a dress that was above my knees. And you would think a superior should tell me that that means I don't look like a pastor and I should dress more like a pastor. I don't know what a pastor should dress like. Uh Uh-huh. But I... In Scott's world, they usually wear pants. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I look look hella good in a pantsuit. (laughs) Yeah. So does your car, by the way. you You should go Hillary Clinton, you know? Well, that's Just exactly total power okay, suit. Okay, so Hillary style. Clinton is a great example of, uh, of what? Watch it. Um, <laughs> she's a great example of people talked about the way she dressed. People talked about the way she smiled or didn't smile. She either smiled too much or didn't smile enough. She either was dressed too cute or not cute enough. She was either too masculine or feminine. People don't talk about males this way, and people don't talk about the way that male pastors look. Because, excuse me, Hillsong United, those guys are all very good looking. And that isn't something that we say, oh, that doesn't look like a pastor. Or, you know, and to say that my body is dangerous, that's exactly the word she said. Your body is dangerous and you shouldn't be alone with uh, a guy who's married. Sorry, Mike Pence. Um, <laughs> having lunch with someone does not hopefully mean you want to sleep with them. And my integrity is so, like, and the part that was really hard for me at that point is I, like, I live and breathe my life and my work. My integrity is above board. In some ways, that's why I've ended up alone is because I've tried to live that life out. And so for her to call me to the mat on that, that was the day I nearly left ministry. So I talked to Hillary McBride about it, and she was incredible and talked about sort of, we have been programmed even as other women to police women's bodies. So a great example I use all the time is that when you go to youth summer camp, right? Girls have to wear t-shirts to the pool and shorts. What do guys wear? Short shorts and no shirts. What have we just said? Girls' bodies are dangerous. Instead of saying, and guys can't control themselves, which is absolute bull. The statistic on it is absolute bull, and we're teaching that. Anyway, so it got juicy. Sorry about that. No, we we were oh, we talking. We get juicy. It's fine. We were talking about <laughs> we were talking about the the Franklin Graham rule, the Mike Pence rule mm-hmm. uh, earlier. Before. Can't eat with my Aunt Jemima. Yeah. You never saw the SNL skit? <laughs> Keep going. No, I don't, I don't watch that. Scott, Scott, power through it. Power through it, Scott. No, but uh, um, you can't have podcasting meetings at Starbucks. <laughs> yeah. Right. With a female I know, I, um, alone. 
Sure, sure. If if you if 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 all men were were mature enough to control themselves, sure. Well, wait, so you're setting a standard that all men aren't like, and and also I I have free will. Yeah. Well, yeah. Women. What? Oh yeah. no, he's. Li- yeah. yeah. You, no, women. Women are part of the are half the problem. Sure. I agree. Interesting. I agree. <laughs> okay. What do you mean by that? <laughs> well, no. So yeah, it's it's not just. It's, I just wish that they have considered in spaces right now. It's not just. I um, we we know that people are fallible. I mean, both men yeah. and women. Mm-hmm. Uh, putting yourself in a situation that has a potential to get juicy um, <laughs> might not be the best thing to do. So if I, I think I. Th- I think the, a verse, the one of the verse would, verses would be uh, pride comes before a fall. So if, like, let's just just loosely take that. Mm-hmm. If you if you think you're not vulnerable, you know maybe you need to watch it. I, I, I just protect protect yourself as much as possible. Well, I think there's a difference. Actually, Rachel Held Evans posted about it today, which started a really funny conversation on Twitter. There's a difference between having lunch with someone, having a business meeting with someone, and meeting someone alone in a hotel room. Oh, sure, sure. And it isn't a slippery slope. Sorry. Well, some, it, it, it could be. I don't know what kind of lunches you're having, Scott, but I'm very interested you, in them. Usually they're, usually, they're alone, <laughs> usually they're alone at my desk. Sarah, they're working. not with a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff can guarantee that. I can't, yeah, but I, I don't, just I, I typically don't have to worry about that, but... Uh, is it something you might want to have to worry about? Yes. Go oh, okay. move on. Oh, sure, yes. sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, there, there are a lot of people though that that should worry about it. That there are a lot of a lot of people who didn't worry about it and ended up in a situation that is very bad, and now they have kids that are with their ex-wives. So I, yes, yeah, sure. You're strong. Fine. That's great. Um, there are a lot of people that aren't as strong as you. Uh, yeah. So what do you I, think, I, Sarah? I, I, about yeah. um, what do you think about a guy? Um, I'm thinking of somebody I actually know, but a guy that the end result is an inappropriate relationship with a coworker, mm-hmm. um, which doesn't just happen. You know, there there's little choices that happen. So a guy like that, and we know that know him scott knows him and scott's position being just why even like have that potential of opening those little Mm -hmm. making those little compromises that become inappropriate eventually what 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 do you say about to somebody like that that that's where they're coming from that's right there's a weird bug yeah i think the problem is that uh we have, I mean, it so just bleeds through the culture, in particular on Christianity, that it makes, it sexualizes women before we've even, like, it, the idea that um, I somehow my body is just intrinsically dangerous. That's, I don't want your daughters thinking that way. I don't, I mean, the beauty Nor of it I. is, is that we can, we all make choices, and the way you look shouldn't be a defining thing of whether or not you spend time with someone. It's just, I think in the, you really, you're right about, you start with the little compromises, right? But I think in the moment you say, well, there's nothing I could do about it. 
And that's what you're actually saying when you're saying you can't be alone with a woman because there's nothing I can do about it. And, and if it happens, watch out. You're on that slide down to. Right. And so it's like we set up, you set up someone to fail from the very beginning. Well, in, okay, sure. Yeah. If, if you're, if you can get to, let's say you know yourself and you know that, hey, maybe I'm not the best person at being able to control myself. If I'm left alone in a room with a computer and the internet, I might watch, I'll probably watch porn. Okay, what do I do with that? Maybe I don't go in a room by myself with the internet and a computer. It, so no, here's what, yeah. here's my thing. Oh, here we go. All right. <laughs> wow, she's two, gearing up. Two years ago. Three, she's all oh stretching. Four is that years yoga? ago. Yeah, that's yoga. Don't look though. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm single. I'm single, so it's okay. I'm no, just kidding. Four years ago. So you won't, no, four, four or five years ago, I was at a conference, and this guy gets up and he gives the exact same scenario. Okay, stands up. Male pastor, super ripped, good-looking guy, had his wife with him, who he referred to in these terms, my super hot wife. It's my super hot wife. Smoke show. Yeah. I think I've heard that from Zach. He talked about exactly what you're talking about. One of your children just entered the room, so I'm a little nervous about talking about this subject. I'll I'll explain it later. They need to learn new things anyway. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Pastor Sarah really does lead children astray. Uh, (laughs) So uh, the idea that he was like, yeah, I, um, I was addicted to porn and everyone in the room was like, oh, you know, being supportive. He said, but then I realized that I was like emotionally cheating on my super hot wife. And in that minute, I'm like, emotionally, he's like in in that, in that sense. Did I share that with you guys before on the show? I think that's a little, I don't know. I think I read about that story or I've heard. I might have heard you talk about it on a podcast. I talked about it on a podcast before. I think it was the liturgist. Yes, it was on the liturgist. It was on the woman episode. Because this is what I think the problem is. So everybody was like, oh my gosh. Um, you know, how you, this, this guy is such a champion and willing to many at a problem with porn. He's like, but then I got mm-hmm. an accountability buddy. And my accountability buddy and I meet every week. And we talk about how I'm not going to watch porn. And I like, I realized like my super hot wife and he just kept talking about his super hot wife who, by the way, is standing next to him mortified. Like you can just tell she's like waving Mm, and she's dressed to the nines. And then he's like, you know, I didn't go see the movie 300 because there was side boob and I knew that I wouldn't be able to handle that. Bunch of shirtless men in there. And people were like, what? Like he was a hero, and right. literally, my friend I was with at the conference turns and looks at me and goes, "What a martyr!" <laughs> Just wanted to puke. Yeah, I'm not because I'm not here's sure the deal. about that. And I, uh, yeah. Scott, hold on, yeah. hold on. Here's the problem. He hasn't gotten rid of the symptom, or he hasn't gotten rid of the illness. Only the symptom. So, if your illness is that you are addicted to porn, and when you are alone in a room, you have to watch porn, there is something else going on. Oh, sure. Right? If your addiction is when you go to lunch with someone, you immediately want to sleep with them, your issue is something deeper. We often do symptom management instead of talking about the deeper underlying problem. And the deeper underlying problem is you objectify women. That's that guy's issue. Well, I'm not not objecting to that. I just, it's just that 
whether or not you have an underlying issue, there's still be, being in the situation. Yeah, management of that. But I think yeah. if you are so I agree. marrying that yeah. with the issue of what we're dealing with today is that we've created a culture where a woman, a women in my, my role, for instance, either have to be completely a nun or, the, you know, how many times people talk about, oh, she's cute or that person's whatever. And, and I do it myself. Like I'll go and see things and be like, oh, that super encourager. So I just think everyone's the cutest that's ever happened. But um, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, you really are. <laughs> <laughs> Green's your color. You just, you got a haircut too. It's all okay. Continue. I like it. <laughs> so I think that's the, I guess that's the kind of my, my soapbox I get onto sometimes because I realize for me and a lot of my life experiences that I've had that have caused me to have Sonderlust is that I've been put into a box that I didn't ever want to get into. And I, it's sometimes painful when you realize that it was other people putting you in that. And I think that if we, if we have real conversation about instead about, um, the external things that we're seeing, but instead of what's causing this whole thing, I think that's how we move forward. So I like it. Do you think that there's been progress made? It seems like it's, there's never been more exposure of these issues. And so it feels like we're moving backwards in a way, but Mm -hmm. uh, is that just, there's more exposure because of social media and all that stuff. And is there actual progress going on? It's just hard to see. I want to believe that I really do. Um, I actually had a really tough time with this recently because I was like, it feels like everything is going backwards. And my friend said, you know, Sarah, you've been around people when they're passing away, right? As a pastor, And you know that their loudest breath is often their last. So the breath that we're hearing, the incidents that we're hearing, he was like, I'm hopeful this is the death rattle of that kind of behavior, that it's all coming to the light. So (laughs) there, again, another SNL skit, there was this whole thing about um, when a certain person was elected uh, there. So there's two. Barack Obama. (laughs) Yeah. Nope. Trump and there's these two guys who were like in the background African Americans and there's so there's these super super liberal friends who are sitting in a living room and they're like I can't believe this is the worst thing America's ever done and the two black guys look at each other and go the worst <laughs> <laughs> and they like had this whole conversation and I was talking to my friend about it and she was like Sarah because I was like it feels like things are getting more racist she was like that y'all notice <laughs> and, I, and I thought oh that's really she said Sarah the thing is is like all this stuff needs to come to the light because it's been around the whole time. Mm-hmm. It's just now we know who doesn't agree with us. Now we know who's against women. It's like it just it's ugly and it's painful because I'm discovering people I love and adore and want to be in relationship. I'm discovering they're ugly, as they say in the South. I'm discovering that they have these bigotedness, yeah. that they have this stuff and it's hard and it's painful. But if we're not having real conversation, then our relationships are all surface level anyway, which we're really good at here in yeah. Southern Orange County. Well, to go back to the where this started with you really being called out for how you look mm-hmm. um, and connected that with relationships, conversations, genuine conversations. Mm-hmm. So if, if that person and, you know, um, her husband, they sat down with you and you all had a conversation and they really came to understand who you are, mm-hmm. how you are, mm-hmm. that you're, I mean, you're a believer, you're you're a academic. Um, I mean, you have humor and (laughs) you, I mean, you, you just have a way that 
connects you with people and and there would be a sense of calmness because when people have those conversations and feel connected and there's a trust built then everybody's fine i mean if that's what they get from having that conversation with you or whomever it might be and that is a huge thing that i'm hoping like podcasting and things that we're yeah. bringing people for right. that wouldn't ever have a say or just their mm-hmm. voice wouldn't be heard. Absolutely. They get that and, and it becomes more connected. However, you know, there's always going to be this constant of those that don't want to hear it and don't care. And, and so we just march on and, and I think of, you know, you and in your position, you know, you can't do anything about that except invite people into the conversation to right. feel, you know, your joy for what you do. And, and and people trust you and with their with you know sharing their lives and um, uh, yeah I think that's it's a hard thing too because you got to live this life of integrity but how do you do that when you actually want to be a human being mm. and so one of the episodes one of my favorite episodes actually of my podcast is I had another female pastor on and she did this thing that I she's amazing Lisa Yaboa who's a pastor in North Carolina she said you know people put us on a pedestal so much that it takes away our humanity. And I think one of the reasons I'm doing the podcast, one of the reasons I like engage in the tough conversations that I do is that um, I need to be a human. I need to be a person. And uh, whenever you expect me not to be a person, it really takes away my ability to, yeah, just to be. And so I think it is uh, honestly relationships that change those kind of things. That's actually why story is so passionate for me because, you know, people have all these theories about what the right thing to do is. It's until you know people who are, you know, living in uh, a mentorship where like my, one of my mentors is a guy and we hung out a lot. I remember we, we were, we met for happy hour, one of the pastors I used to work with and, uh, we met, saw two church members walk up and here's this married guy and I having happy hour together <laughs> laughing and they walked up to us and like, Hey pastors. And they walked away and I said, you know, what's sad is that they know us so well. They know we're not having an affair. <laughs> he was like, there's no scandal around us. Yeah. So I was like, no, not at all. And we're around the same age and we have so much fun together, but they also know that I love Kristen and I love their kids and I love, I mean, that's, and I don't think that's necessarily that I'm strong. I think a lot of people are that way, especially like, you know, I want to have my own thing. I don't want to encroach on someone else's. So yeah, I think yeah. that they're tough conversations to have. It's been really exposing to do this podcast. And I had like uh Brene Brown calls it a vulnerability hangover. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the first couple episodes that came out, particularly around for some reason, because of, my job and because I've always wanted to be very professional and whatever it might be for people to know that like, yeah, my dating life was, isn't great. Uh, particularly because again, the culture that we have strong women and I'm not particularly like aggressive. So there's a difference between aggressive and strong. Um, but I think we've created this narrative that guys have to be stronger or, um, more whatever. And so someone who's already, you know, kind of made a life of their own, instead of seeing it as this beautiful partnership, it actually, particularly in Orange County, is this idea of, and why John thinks it's so toxic here, is that the guy has to be stronger and the girl, you know, I can't can't tell you the number of uh, situations where a guy I'm no longer dating, I find out he's dating someone who's a little more meek, a little more, and you're like, oh, is it because of my position? Is it because of what I feel like God's calling me to in this moment? And the tough part for me is I ministry is something I feel called to in this moment, but I don't know that this is my forever. 
And so to not be able to have my own life or family because of it has been one of those things that God and I have been really wrestling with. Like my church has grown like pretty fast in a year. That's another thing that's happened in this year is our church is doing pretty well. And it's last time you were on, it was like 40 people mm -hmm. or so. Yeah. So now we average between 75 and 80, sometimes 90. Um, which is a pretty, and they're all mostly nuns and duns. So people who either never really got along with this idea of faith or people who were uh, really involved. The number of MDivs I preach to a week, so people have their master's in divinity, it's like six. Uh, A number of people who used to be worship pastors of very large churches, there's like four. Um, Two former Christian rock stars who don't talk about, I happen to know what band they were in. but Striper? Yep. (laughs) Nope. Um, they just released an album. They're not done. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> but it's it's interesting too. It's like, what is it about what we're doing, and and then feeling really like if I don't do it, no one can do it. So those are the things I'm struggling with this year and trying to figure out: do can I have this life in this ministry, and can I actually have a life? And that's been hard with a podcast and hard, like going through. Uh, you know, forcing myself to date, forcing myself to really think about whether I like where I live, forcing myself to, um, yeah, think beyond just like, what am I preaching? What speaking events am I doing? And realizing that, um, I really needed to look at my own life if, yeah. And so do you love your job? Uh, I don't know right now. I like it. I like it a lot. I love parts of it. Parts of it are incredible. But, you know, I've had experiences lately where my humanity has been forgotten, Mm. um, where situations where I was ill and still needed to work situations where, um, yeah, I, I think, yeah, I like it a lot. And there are moments when I love it. So this week I baptized a 70 year old woman who Mm. had never, ever gone to a church before. I gave her her first Bible. She had one from when she was a kid that one of her grandparents gave her. Oh, wow. But she had never, and she was so worried that she didn't know enough. Wow. And so... It's like a pre-depression Bible. So you gave her the Case for Christ Study Bible? I did. No, I gave her the NRSV. And she just today said, she's like, I understand it. Uh, Because we've talked a lot about what the Bible is. And so I... And then we did this love feast instead of doing communion. We talked about like, what does it mean to like have communion with each other? And so, um, during a worship and I only pre- I preached a really short sermon and then I unveiled the world's largest charcuterie board and everybody came and got food. And then we did a baptism. Wow. And to me it was like the Ecclesia, like you've never seen. And there mm. are 70 of the most, or well, at that service there was 75 of the most diverse people you've ever seen like people, people who have from mission viejo people from yeah. Irvine, yeah yeah people no. from laguna this is fantastic the number of that people drive where they drive from is incredible wow. that's what i was saying yeah exactly mm-hmm. yeah but it looks like the kingdom of god to me yeah and so those are those moments where i'm it's absolutely broke open but then i think about christmas eve when we had 153 people there it was the 105th time they've done a candlelight service it was beautiful people from all over walks of life, homeless to like, it was incredible and beautiful. And I sit on a pew alone while families sit together. Mm. And I look out in the audience and I know that for me, Christmas won't begin until the day after Christmas when I fly home to see my Mm. brother and his kids and it hurts. Mm -hmm. And then when I got back, I had a stalker letter waiting for me from someone. Uh, I'm glad he brought that up. Yeah. I got a couple of them right now. 
Um, and that's, oh, no. What are you yeah. doing with them? You re- like saving them? Yeah, mostly. For next Christmas? Yeah, well, <laughs> the letters. Uh, well, an interesting thing is that in my congregation is a, is a gentleman who um, worked for the government. Uh, I only know that because I know someone that he worked with. He's very hush-hush about what his job was. Jared he, Kushner? No. Uh, so he grabbed the letter uh, and he uh, we he said, we'll go to the police on Monday. And uh, he worked for a certain bureau of the government. And so uh, he's an older gentleman. He's incredible. Uh, he had the letter. We And I noticed that when we went to the police... Certain, I saw his notebook, and the th- certain things had been taken down. And then he said to my associate, or like oh. my admin, "What are you hiding? Did you write the letter, Scott? I hope you didn't. It was so disturbing." <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm being a jerk. Go no, ahead. it's fine. Uh, you know, get Scott alone in a room with a pencil and a piece of paper. Satan. Bad things could happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, I uh, he said he felt like he could find the person. So oh, wow. um, I don't know what that means. I'm sure they... Yeah, wow. They have their uh, but then I got... The most recent one was actually after the Ask Pastor Sarah episode. Uh, a guy uh, posed as if he was a podcaster. And I guess he had been at one point. So that was a normal email. Who isn't at this point? Right, right. Well, that's almost why I didn't start a podcast. Remember me saying, yeah. every, why would I say anything? Um, I think about it every week. Yeah. Like three white guys doing a podcast. That's new. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I kind of love we it. We thought about starting a podcast. We'll get there someday. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, he. it was a normal conversation. And then it spiraled into, I've had visions of us being married. I think we're married um, to like... FaceTiming me. Did he say God? Told him, yeah, in an audible voice. Uh, And just it got weirder and weirder and weirder. And he sent some photos of himself. Not Mm -hmm. those kind of photos, but bizarre. And it's that moment when I realized that sometimes I don't feel very safe. Um, At When I got the first letter at Christmas time, I was in a relationship with a guy who's incredible guy. He's a tall guy, big guy. And, uh, so we were walking from the church to not Daniel. No, not Daniel. Uh, we were walking from the church, but you just made that awkward. Hi, Daniel. (laughs) I know he does have a, he does have a a voice that you would not necessarily associate with the six foot six nine guy. My best friend or Daniel? Oh, which one's Daniel? He's the one that he's was six here last seven year. or something. Oh, he's six six. Because the guy six, on your six, podcast is six nine and a half. Yeah. He's like I six ten. Not, shoes. I would not picture his voice. Not to say anything about his voice. Okay, Danny, don't don't take it the wrong that way. That guy's John. John, don't Big take John. it the wrong way, Big John. He would laugh really hard at you. Right yeah. Now. Anyway, go um, ahead, sir. Anyway, uh, we were walking, and this is when I realized that my safety had been taken. Mm-hmm. So we were walking from the church. I was actually doing a podcast for someone else that was recording me uh, in the church, and then we were walking uh, to go grab dinner, and somebody's car made a noise, and I panicked. And my boyfriend at the time got between me and the street, and he said, you are not okay. And he mm. said, you are in fight or flight. And I was. From this letter, from uh, I had a bunch of people uh, commenting on Twitter and um, a bunch of people who found my Facebook and were posting things about women in ministry. Like it got really weird. Um, 
luckily I happen to know a lot of women who are kind of in this sphere. So like Jen Hatmaker, or Rachel Held Evans, before I had a chance to say anything, Mike, they'd already jumped on this person and it was really mm-hmm. uncomfortable for me and an awkward moment. And, um, but you realize how much you risk stepping into this world. Um, so there's all that, right? And, uh, I think I'm learning how to negotiate all of it, how to be a not really public persona, but also be a public persona. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, stalkers, I've got a couple. Mm-hmm. And it, and it's weird as a woman and as a not very big woman. And, um, yeah, I have mace on my keys for the first time in my life. Um, I'm going to be taking Krav Maga oh, yeah. so should, I can walk to my car at night. apply for your concealed carry permit. Uh, Mike. Canadian. So not going to do Scott, that. we're still doing what? a podcast on the mic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd... Scott, now. <laughs> Down, boy. You should. Apply for your concealed carry. No, thanks. Man. Let's You're not more likely that. to shoot yourself than someone attacking <laughs> you. Um, yeah, so that's been kind of weird. It's been a weird year. Now, how many forced dates? Forced dates? You said I have to force myself <laughs> to date. Oh, oh. gosh. Um, what what online services were you using? I was using Bumble. Oh, I, uh, really? Yeah, I hated it. That's a thing? I, I don't know that one. That's a real thing? Yes. I mean, for the record, I don't know dating apps. I know one yeah, because Zach, we were helping which, yeah. we were helping Scott. I'm happily married, Scott. But I was helping you. We were swiping left and right together. Oh, so that would have been Tinder. Mm-hmm. Or Bumble. Was it Bumble? Wait, Tinder? No, it wasn't yeah. Bumble. It was it it was, Tinder? It was Tinder. You're thinking of Grinder. It's not Grinder. Oh. No, I never swiped left on that one. Wait, I never swiped right on that. Wait. Wait, what? You don't know which Keep one? Keep going. All right, Sarah, let's continue this conversation. How does work? So you, this is one of the four things. Yeah. And so I got to force myself to go, go out, out and date. date. And that was really hard. And I actually went on no dates that were app-related. So once I kind of opened myself up to dating, because I, the truth was I never had a tough time with my social life when I was younger. Mm. And so it was out of pride comes before the fall. It was out of pride, honestly, that I didn't try any of that. Um, because I had always been in long-term relationships. I'd always... You know, I didn't think I'd have to work so hard, but you know, you turn around and you're 37. And, uh, so I tried the apps and I think just cause I was open to that people in my life showed up, uh, the guy I ended up dating. So I was dating a couple guys for a little bit. That was weird. At the same time. Yep. Yep. Hated I would it. say that's a little weird. I hated, I hated it. it and I needed to do it. That was part of the right. challenge too. Was to date two guys at once. Three. To date three guys at once. <laughs> did it feel normal? Wow. Did you feel like mm-hmm. things were... No. No. You're like, I am out of my comfort zone. Out of my comfort zone. Wait. Okay, wait. Why were you out of your comfort zone? Because I'm such a loyal... Like, I'm a loyal person. And I also, in that uh, element, get really shy. Like, you can even hear me now. My voice changes. Mm-hmm. Like, I yeah. get kind of... She's weird. totally inverting into yes. herself right now, <laughs> so I'm ladies and gentlemen. I'm an extroverted introvert. So... I, I do really well in one-on-one friendships. I have friendships that last a really long time. So, like, even first dates for me are, like, hell. Some people love them. My best friend, John, loves a first date. Like, one time I was like, this is not this is not easy, John. Like, just choosing someone off Bumble. He's like, really? Right now. We're meeting up. See you soon. <laughs> like, and I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, it's going to be horrible, but I don't care. You need to do it. And he's like, it's just to help me. Statistics. Statistically. I would say, yeah, those things. Statistics. I said it. Yeah. I also can't say the word chrysanthemum. 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 Yeah. Statistics. I can't say double. I can't say exclamation point. 
Oh, you did it. He's terrible it. at that. But I've messed it up a few times. There's a drop here somewhere. Yeah, double exclamation. If you guys I've want to come back to sixth grade, I can teach you. <laughs> oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. So that was awful. And then it was awful, too, because I had to inform them, like, hey, I have a podcast. And no, I'm not going to record us. But that's part of what I talk about. And the worst part, I think, was, like, I knew pretty early on that the guy that I ended up dating was uh he was not my type at all i thought uh you know he was also a pastor non-denom uh was this the guy from the breakup episode mm-hmm. non-denom yep uh he wasn't on the breakup episode that would be right. really funny if i was like hey you broke up with me can you come and do <laughs> man i am i am don't lose your train of thought i am such an eternal optimist i listened to that and as you're leading up to the reveal of the big news you were like it was calm and you were somber but i'm Thinking she's getting married. She's going to say she's engaged. So that was really hard for me, too, because <sighs> I haven't talked about this publicly. But uh, we were on um, we him and I that night, actually, when we were walking in the car honked, I was uh, working on a podcast. Uh, the people who were the podcast editors were and producers were there. Um, they f- flew this guy in. To, uh, Your date? No, no. I was dating the other oh, guy. It's like um, a bachelor. And in walks my boyfriend at the time, but we hadn't called him that on the show. And he walks in and for some reason, this guy in one of the editors goes, that's Lord Book Club. Because that was what they called him on my podcast. Because <laughs> I, w- I don't use people's names. And he, we, he basically uh, decided to exchange books with me. That's how we ended up hanging out. Because mm. uh, he's real smart. And I overheard him having a conversation with uh, this other guy. Uh, the podcast editor, he's like, oh, you're the guy. And he's like, yeah, that's me. And he was like, okay, so I think the best way this episode, this whole podcast ends is you guys get married. And he was like, Shh, don't let her hear you. Like, dude, that'll freak her out. And he looks at me and he always joked around. He'd be like, babe, we could break up at any minute, any minute. Because I'd be like, okay. Cause it was just really scary to uh-huh. have this person that I was so connected to so quickly. Yeah. And he was, I thought, all in. And so that was really hard. And so the breakup episode was really hard because I was not in a place where I wanted to talk about it. But that's, it's a real time podcast. Um, and it's been hard even talking about him since then because he's an incredible human. And my friends are, a lot of them are eternal optimists. And they're all saying like, maybe one day you guys will, you know, who knows? I don't know. Um, we don't, you know, obviously we're not in a situation now where we're not around each other, but. Now, did why did that relationship end? I did not go get that far in your podcast. Well, you'll have to listen. No, um, I will. No, <laughs> if you, I will. Uh, so I don't. I mean, obviously, I don't tell the whole thing because uh, privacy for us. And, 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 you, have, and you, you don't have to tell anyone yeah. right now. I won't. Uh, yeah. Jeff talked about something that he, you know, we. we I asked how many to, dates you went on. Not we, could you go into detail about like why did you guys have to eat? Well, not not well. I think it was a lot of things, honestly, uh, that I didn't realize were happening. And I think for him, he's a a pastor as well. And what will people think of him dating a more um, progressive pastor, I think, was hard for him. Um, And I think that was part of it. Interesting. So uh, is he so theologically progressive is that what 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 type of progressive well it's interesting because like i'm actually not what people would consider progressive because usually progressive has sort of a a a slant of like uh is the resurrection real or not and for me that's actually oh no like not like jesus seminar progressive but like social i'm more social justice yes so so is he that 
Mm-hmm. What, so what? Yeah, what what type of progressive? So he's. Uh, I don't know that he would label himself as progressive. He wouldn't probably. Okay. He is just a non-denom pastor, and so has his church. Has he is an executive pastor, and so uh, his church just has. They're working out their church planters and they're working out kind of what their theology is going to be around inclusion and things like that. And I don't think he's, maybe he has landed certain places that I have not. And his understanding of how we see scripture was a little different. But part of that, if I'm honest, and this is not something I had on the podcast, was I think I was um, really guarded. And Mm -hmm. so sometimes when I'm really guarded, I become you saw it earlier what happened yeah. you come at me flamethrowers into an eight which is like let me ask you the really tough questions instead of sometimes it builds a wall away from relationship and i think i did that so if i'm honest i think part of it was me part of it was, was me going this could be the thing and i'm yeah. scared and so i'm going to throw all the things that i know make you uncomfortable at you and it's not he's he's incredible and i think he's working through it and he's at a place that uh, or, I think sometimes I remember. I think one time I said, "Is he hot?" I mean, let's just let's just cut to the chase here. Uh, yeah, he's a good looking dude. Okay, Scott. And would you, know Scott, would you like his number? Yeah, you know what's sad? He's is? not progressive, but he is progressive. But he's hot. If the baseline huh. is you, Scott, everybody's progressive. Yeah, probably. Okay, what's yeah. the sad? What's the sad? Well, the sad part is, is it, actually when we were breaking up, he's like, I didn't think he thought I was good looking because he's different looking than all the guys I've dated. Mm-hmm. And so I, I said, I used to say a lot on the podcast, which is again, public persona, right? I was like, he's, he's not my type. And so what he heard was, I'm not attractive to Sarah. Uh, and what, why wasn't he your type? Um, <laughs> so he was, the funny thing is my friends who met him were like, he doesn't, in some ways, no, he's not your type, but he's really good looking, Sarah. And I was like, yeah, he's super cute, but he's just, I had a little stint where I dated models in a row. Um, and mm. so he is definitely a good looking guy. I'll say that. Wow. But he's like, you know, he's. So, now is that, so if you're putting your vibe out to the world. Yeah. Scott's asking for a friend. Yeah, I'm asking for a friend. Mm. So he's hot, but he's not a model. No, he could be probably. But he's not your type. What I'm getting at is he's not the typical guy you go out with, but he's hot, but he's not my typical model so, guy. Do you know but what he I could meant? be a model. Do you know what I meant by that when I, I said it? No, that's what I'm asking. So what I meant, I'm totally like destroying this because it makes me nervous. It's uh, okay. And it, what I meant by it was that he wasn't, um, he, I dated a lot of guys in a row, it felt like, that were pretty, um, not arrogant, but kind of came across as like, I, I was cool in high school. I was cool. You know, those guys. And this guy that I dated, I almost said his name. Uh, he, he was like, I was homeschooled. <laughs> he was like, he was like the first time I started dating, I was 19. He was like, it was awkward. And, I, and for me, I was like, this is, I'm not used, I'm used to the cool guy. And I didn't know if I was huh. okay with the like, oh God, no, I didn't. So that's, that's interesting. I'm not, I'm not sure quite what you mean. Like a guy who is, we are really. We're. Re- I'm sorry. That's I was right. just about to scream. In it. We're really <laughs> stuck did. here, and I don't want to be stuck yeah. here because yeah. we got so much. We have so much more. But the point you being, edit is, all of this out. By the way, the bo- the point yeah, being is the I'm f- lazy. this 52 week <laughs> challenge. You wouldn't even have these experiences. If I wouldn't have. So no. I probably wouldn't 
have invited him to like, so we went uh, and exchanged books and then I invited him to come hang out with me. Um, and I probably wouldn't have done that because the Sarah of before would have been like, well, I should just let life happen. And it was John saying, what I noticed is that when you do things, you invite this guy. And I'm like, yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. And like there was a Susan G. Komen, which is a, a walk for breast Raised cancer. for the cure. Yeah. And I invited him to show up. And my friends were like, yeah, we get that you're like kind of seeing other guys, but this is the guy you want to be around. And he was the least <laughs> douchey. <of. laughs> Not yeah. that the other one, any of the other guys are, but he was just incredibly like kind and considerate and available and um, present. And that wasn't what I was used to. I was used to kind of not jerks, but guys that were very focused on themselves. When, so that, that, I mean, that was leading to my question. Why did you go on a, a string of, a uh, string of guys? We are not my therapist. We do not have time for that. Why did I do that? That's a long story. Well, because story. it's like, all right, what else do we have? Well, I'm just, Scott, because she went on dates with multiple people, when you're on a date with somebody, it doesn't make it exclusive. It can be casual. I, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't, don't know, know where you're going, I, but well, let's move on. Well, that's because you didn't let me go very far, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, you can go ahead if you have a question. Oh, oh okay. Then no. Ahead. Put a bow on no. that. No. Okay, no. Jess, no. 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 The thing is, the thing <laughs> is, no, my thing is, my thing is, Sarah, that you're saying that this guy is great. He's attractive, mm-hmm. but he's not like these string of guys that went out before. So I'm just, I'm curious as to somehow this string of guys before is the, seems to be a criteria that you were uh, matching so this guy up against. I don't even feel like I'm on Bros Bible some beer anymore. What is oh, going on here? Okay. We're, we're Scott's on. working up to a spin-off it's contest. Okay. Context. I, I'm Here's getting, what I think. Are you ready? I, well, I just that's what it sounded like. I because and he's I hot. That's she, she's she's got an that's answer. What you First said. of all, I would not objectify him that way, but he You should. Guy. Guys want to be objectified. All right. You said that's incorrect, Sarah. About what Scott said. Okay, okay so no, I can't please. even ask a oh, question. Still have a good group. No, you can't. Your hundred <laughs> yeah. questions are up. Um, I think <laughs> what I would say is so Sonderless, You you asked me about Jeff asked me about dating and like what was that like and whatever. So that was part of the challenge. Why John was making me do that is it's outside of my ordinary. So dating multiple people at once yeah. is very uncomfortable yeah. for me. For me, it does feel a little like not integrity. It does feel a little bit like what do I think about God and who God's bringing into my life and that kind of stuff. Except that I wasn't living. Yeah. So my mom always says, oh, how's that working out for you? Mm. So yeah. I think that's why we changed things up. Do I know if it was good or not? I'm in the middle of it. I don't know. Uh, I do know that I am really glad that that person was in my life for the time that they were in my life. And I feel like he has changed what my type is. Well, that's now. Yeah. That was and my you question. Li- yeah. And you, and you really, as a pastor, you've just listened to people's lives. I mean, you mm-hmm. listen, you listen and you listen and you listen and you're there to support. And then you're not like, you're like, I wasn't, I'm not living. No. And, then, and lots of people think I, I am because there's this like public persona right. and there I'm at everybody's, you know, the hard part was, we broke up, uh, and then the next day I had to be at a baby shower for two of my best friends. I was uh, maid of honor in their weddings. And the first thing they say, because they're like my biggest fans, you know what I mean? Like, just great friends. I walk in the room, they're like, how's doing? <laughs> and the look on my face was like, it's a baby shower. And I had a fake look on my face, and mm. I was prepared. And I was like, he broke up with me? And they were like, what? Because they knew he was so excited about me. Um, and that's been, that's been the hard part. So 
figuring out like, okay, someone's really that excited about you and then isn't in your life. What do you do with that? Yeah. And so I don't know. Who knows? It could be the best podcast ever. <laughs> Who knows? No, no this 52 week <laughs> challenge. Is this 52 week challenge? Is it, uh, like compartmentalized? Like you're going to go, Hey, this, this 13 weeks, I'm going to nope. do dating and this nope. 13, this one and another four. So it's like, it's all, Working on all of it at the same time. So the deal is, is it's, it literally is in real time. It is my actual life. It's as it's happening and it's as things come up. So right now what's happening for me is that when all of that was hitting the fan, uh, I also got really sick. My oh. body, uh, I had all my lymph nodes were swollen. Like there was like a moment when I was pretty sure the doctor thought I had I have a degree in biology. So as she started asking me questions, I was like, oh, these are the cancer questions. Like, oh God. are you sweating wow. in your sleep? Uh, which the answer was like, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, all this sort of stuff. And I had these swollen glands. And I know what that means. It means leukemia. And I hadn't thought of that until I was sitting in the office. And you're like, oh. Uh, it, and I didn't. We, the blood test was quick. It was great. I don't. Uh, John, my best friend, and I had already decided which eulogy he would use at my funeral. It was going to be great. Oh um, I love John. He's so great. We had decided we were going to do... Uh, wow, something from Job or something. No, yeah. no, no, no. We were going to use Zoolander. Uh, Zoolander mixed with uh, the the one from uh, Love Actually. But we, yeah. <laughs> we had like a whole... It was going to be great. We picked out a song. Um, but it, we had to laugh, right? We had to have gallows humor in it. But yep. because of all of that, what I realized, and then I had a surgery and not, anyway, all this stuff happened and it was all like within a space of a month and I was, I was feeling pretty lonely in it, right? Cause the person who had been in my life wasn't. And so I was doing all of this on my own and I talked to the doctor and she said, you have got to change your life, your lifestyle of go, go, go and your lifestyle of, you know, worry and all this kind of stuff it's like literally your body's telling you something mm -hmm. so all i had was an infection that wouldn't get better and so my body was actually like showing that and as soon as i got on the finally got on the right antibiotics and all that it went away but it has been a process of now i have a health coach which is like really great she's amazing uh, i meet with her every other week and she checks in with me and she has challenges too we had her on the podcast uh, she'll be on next week uh and she's been great and her whole thing is just kind of like you've got to start really being serious about changing your life so that's what i've been up to i went to an acupuncturist which for me was like a witch doctor in my, mm, in my mind. wow but she was incredible and helpful and now like a bunch of people who listen to the podcast now go to her <laughs> she's oh like gosh. there's like a sonderless like waiting room at this point <laughs> um but she's great helping a lot of people and um so yeah sonderless is good for the economy it really is. That's what I'm hearing do, on the street. Do you think that um, the the dating aspect... Oh, gosh. Here we go back. <laughs> it's so funny because you're not the only one, by the way. We talk about all these different things, but people will be like, yeah, but who are you dating? <laughs> I'm like, guys. Anyway. You're dating I, a bunch of guys. No. Shut up, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Just continue doing that until he stops. Oh, man. I repent, Scott. I apologize. Do you think that the dating aspect caused stress that led to this this thing that it's was part of it for sure yeah. yeah it was a big part of it for sure yeah. i think i was already yeah i think it was a big part of it 
plus stalker plus stalker plus stalker but stalker was at was there was also some stuff going on in our church that was really hard oh um just some disagreements between people it, it, i wasn't the center of it but i had to be the wallpaper center of it. paint color of the nursery not a problem for my community but yeah there was some interpersonal stuff happening and mm-hmm. so i was literally like yeah on a, a raw nerve and so uh through that learning how to slow down learning how to pray um that was the other thing too i think with this relationship is i didn't really let him see that side of me so for what he was experiencing he was experiencing someone who he felt was like pretty progressive in their faith and then he was like I really love worship music because I was like, oh, worship music is the worst. Yeah. But like, I actually really <laughs> like worship music. So I don't know where that was coming from. Um, I don't like certain worship music because Jesus is not my boyfriend. But there's a lot of that going around. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that. Uh, but there is some beautiful stuff also being created. So anyway, yeah, I, I think a lot of that stress was all at once and all coming at me and the last podcast we had actually, it took us a while to record it because there was stuff going on. Again, my my team that I've been working with on this podcast that was doing really well, both got promoted. They're doing really well and they can't work on it anymore. So then this thing that I'm supposed to be doing, uh, that went sideways and trying to figure out like, okay, what am I supposed to do with this? But then I remembered I spent a year studying story theory and narrative and what happens in the middle of the story. Cat in the hat. That one. Mm -hmm. Uh, That or Joseph Campbell and the hero's narrative, uh, studying the idea that like we all have to go through ups and downs. So I'm in the middle of that. And I kind of laughed at myself because I teach this stuff all the time. And now that I'm in it, I'm like, well, this must mean everything's over. Can can I, can we go further into Mm -hmm. that? Um, you mentioned, if you say the word boyfriend or the dating, go ahead. The side eye you I just can't gave? Say, yeah, I can't, I can't say those two words. Okay. Um, you mentioned the, uh, <laughs> the string of string of outings. <laughs> oh my <laughs> He's really God. going back there. <laughs> no, no, well, no, 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 but, no, but I think, but I, th- but the, like you just said, you're, you're in the middle of it. Yeah. And I, um, uh, so if we get anywhere, I, I, hopefully it would be beneficial for you, uh, or for an, anyone. Uh, (laughs) no but but uh the the string of of dudes that were models or whatever oh my gosh that is not what i said i I said i I dated a couple of guys okay okay (laughs) okay fine that might have been really into themselves okay no no, yeah and then i did some great ones too but yeah that's right that's where i'm going so best guy friend was like they seem to be there are great guys but there is also a sprinkling of that so yeah and that's where i was going that seemed to be into themselves is there a a correlation between like alpha male and into themselves mm. so that i mean that that's the direction I'm, I'm going with this question like um dominant or alpha male type nope not and then, dominant. and then and then this last guy that you were went out with was it a little different than that yeah mm, yeah i think it's he was and he wasn't he is incredibly secure and so that's the difference right when you're incredibly secure you don't have to like assert your I mean, he's really tall, so I think he immediately walks in a room and people, and he's got three brothers. Immediately they look up. They look up, right. He's six <laughs> three or six four, so he's a big guy. Um, you know, and he had brothers and they were well known. I think so. He he already had an air of secure, but I think it was like a oh, I got to figure out how to do this. So yeah, that's been my journey. It's been ups and downs. It's been being sick. It's been publicly people knowing that like 
because there is this air of like I want to be the cool kid I don't want people to know that like there are a lot of things in my life I don't have that I really want like I I liked that like I don't know I like that facade but most of my work I do is about helping people remove their facade so I find it really interesting that I thought I could maintain mine right like let me help you tell the truth but i'm gonna sit over here and you're probably really good at it it's a good wall to hide behind it's an easy wall and i think i i notice as it all relates back to the entire conversation we're having is real relationship doesn't have the wall Mm -hmm. and whether that's people who have difference of opinion politically people who have difference of opinion theologically because i think we've created these walls and you're all wrong and i'm all right and i am not gonna take my mask down to say that maybe i don't know right maybe i don't know Maybe I'm just doing my best to be a follower of Jesus. And that to me, when I, when I sit with the scripture and when I think about Jesus, Jesus just seems incredibly inclusive and welcoming. And it just doesn't look like this Jesus people are yelling about. And so when I sit in that, that's easier for me to sit with someone who's saying, no, no, Jesus is, is angry. And, and then we have to, we have to have a real conversation. And it, when you go into these conversations, I always say, I have to, you know, think about the fact that I am just doing my best. And at some point, like, I, I, I think God's going to look at me and be like, that was adorable. Like how you had all those thoughts. Bless your heart. Yeah. Oh, Sarah. bless your heart, Sarah. But I would rather err on the side of, I welcomed too many. I was too loving. I was too open. Um, because I just, that's how Jesus was. And there were a lot of people yelling at him for it. And so, um, yeah, it's been, it's been a, you know, it's been a naked experience. Mm-hmm. It has been yep. a, um, we have people who come to the church cause they're like, I listen to Sandra Lust and I'm like, Oh God, don't <laughs> like, I don't know how to, or, um, actually I hung out with a guy this weekend, um, who came in town from Seattle, who's a pastor. Uh, we only know each other because his friend made him listen to Sandra Lust, the podcast. And he was like, Oh my, you're like, the female version of me. So we started like chatting and, um, you know, he came down, we hung out and he was like, it was really odd. It was like sitting chatting with a friend and he was like, this is weird because I, we have mutual friends. So it wasn't just like a random person. Um, and actually the person who slid the podcast over to him was someone who, um, we both know really well. And so there was a safety. That's the scary new part of my life. Right. I'm very open. I love people. I now think like you have to understand, I lead something that anyone is allowed and welcome in. And I have no idea who wrote one of the worst letters like ever, right. like a cop who said she's worked in this stuff for 20 years said, this is the most bizarre thing I've ever read. It was sexually violent. It was violent, violent. It was awful. Um, but because he never threatened to harm me physically, he only threatened to like harm me sexually. They couldn't do anything about it. Cause it's not the same as writing. I couldn't get a restraining order on that guy. The other and guy I could, if I wanted to, I, you don't even know who it is. I don't. So every Sunday he could be there. Right. And there's a couple of guys who linger and they, and they, and they might, they might linger because they need pastoral attention, pastoral care. But Mm -hmm. at this point I'm having to step outside of my natural. So anyway, all that to say, my friend came in town. I think of him as a friend because at this point we kind of know each other. And he said, it feels weird because I know a lot about you. Um, and you've had to ask me all these questions because you don't know these things about me, but I feel like I know you. And he's like, that's where you realize these parasocial relationships that we have are like, it's a real deal where we think we know. Podcasting, someone yeah. Right. 
and social media at one point yesterday he said uh he looked at me and he said your voice is exactly like your voice is on the radio and he's like i never thought about that and it's so funny because you i think it's just normal but you you realize especially like we've looked at it there's a lot of people who listen and i don't you know in my mind i'm like well i don't know that many people so these are people i don't know and i get letters written to me that are lovely like really lovely letters um just saying like you know, one woman wrote me, she's like, I'm a vet and I hate my job. And I can't admit that to people because people think my job is lovely. She said, and everyone must think your job is lovely and you help all these people because people shut down the conversation, right? When they're like, oh, you're a pastor. That must be so good. Right. And, or really easy or, you know, you must feel so fulfilled. And you're like, uh, yep, that's exactly how it is. I mean, it doesn't allow you to say, no, it's really hard. And I don't make a lot of money. And so I got to have a bunch of side hustles and, you know, this kind of conversation you shut people down. So I think all of it is circulating around and I don't know where Sonderless is going to end up, which has been really hard too, because I'm a bit of a control freak, I think sometimes. So to like, let this thing just happen to me, you know, I won't give away too much, but there is a converse, there was a conversation from a large network TV network that were like, we'd love to make a show about you because you're, like the vicar of Dibley, but young and American, like that'd be really interesting. Um, and I was like, Mm -hmm. Oh, that's awesome. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) I don't really know if I want to be like, who would play me? Um, no, it was more like, (laughs) Oh my gosh. Like this, I don't know that I want my life that wide open. Um, but at the same time you want people to engage your work. So that's the weird experience. Then we had, um, I'm actually working on a, a, what looks like it's going to turn into an actual book about it um, and a series, like a video series on people. But I'm like, but we don't. <laughs> and as I'm talking to the editors and the people who work in this field, they're like, we, this is going to help so many people. And my response is how, <laughs> so they can like my life, like bless this mess as a button I wear. Like this is not like, this doesn't look pretty. There are no clear cut answers yet. I still live in this, condo with my dog and like (laughs) like nothing has gotten what feels like better and that's where my mom was on the last episode which my mom is like a fan favorite people flip out when mom's on there because she's just like the sweetest british woman who she's like a british canadian accent and she was just like we've all seen you change you just haven't seen it so it's one of those things that i'm like it feels like i'm exactly where i was wisdom it is but it doesn't feel that way and so i have to like you're not objective Right. I have to stop myself from dare you, Zach. Uh, he's right, though. Uh, I have to stop myself from trying to make it go a certain way. Mm, Does right. that make sense? Yeah. Like, oh, uh, I'll just, uh, you know, like so my uh, 20 year high school reunions in a couple months. And today I literally had like a 10 minute horrible thought of like, what actor do I hire to go as my <laughs> current boyfriend? You just don't go. Who cares? I do. Um, so it's, <laughs> it's this whole did, thing right? of like, I have to be honest to the process. And so even not releasing every week, cause we had all this stuff going on with our editors and all this sort of stuff. I actually said on it, like friends, part of the reality is that this is a real time show and the people working on it can't do it right now. And so I have to be honest about that. So, yeah. Yeah. How many do you have, 
do you have any do you bank the episodes or I know you're kind of like real time basically but we kind of do so like I'm interviewing um <laughs> God is so crazy the people that I know it's, it's silly who's crazy who comes into my life like who so the the per- I'm giving away a little bit I think it's fine uh I'm interviewing um Tiffany Amber Thiessen is a, a good friend of one of my friends and so Tiffany and her husband Brady um have just been incredible in my life and you know, I've hung out with him a couple times, but just in- encouraging. Name dropper. Yeah, there you go. See, that's actually a huge fear of mine. Uh, but Brady's going to be. I'm interviewing Brady on Wednesday because their relationship is in freaking credible, and he wasn't intimidated of her at all when he met her. And for her, that was like a whoop because she was Kelly yeah. Kapowski to everybody else. And I might not have a Kelly Kapowski, but I have a Pastor Sarah, yep. and uh, that's not who I am in a relationship at all. Uh, and not that I have two different people, but I'm probably not going to give you a 20 minute sermon when you come in the home. Uh, and so I'm really excited about that. And I think it's crazy that growing up in Canada, like I had no idea what America was like. And I remember I watched Saved by the Bell a couple of times. I was like, I'm pretty sure that's what it's like. Yeah. And so I moved to, I mean, as funny as it sounds, I moved to Mississippi. I started dating the captain of the football team. Like that was, I was doing the American thing. And I joke with uh, Tiffany that I'm like, Tiff, I like, thought I was Kelly Kapowski (laughs) (laughs) and to realize that she's this amazing real person and she's incredible and inspiring. And yet her and her husband make room for each other in a way that I don't know a lot of people who do. And so I'm excited about that. And again, can't tie it up with a little bow. I have no idea where all of this is going to go. So I do bank things, but I'm usually two weeks out, not more than that. That's so it's, it's kind of basically for all intents and purposes, it's as it's happening. Which is really part. hard because you haven't processed it. Yeah. So the hard part for me, the breakup episode where you were hoping it would take a, I was too. <laughs> <laughs> mm. You know, I'm listening to it and I'm like, I don't want him to hear this. Yeah. I know some of his friends are oh, listening. Uh, I didn't want to, I didn't want to make assumptions that weren't real. I haven't talked to him about it. I'm hoping we can talk eventually soon because uh, I think we're probably in a place where we can, but just the idea of like, what was that experience? Like he didn't sign up to date a girl on a podcast that he knew, you know, Mm -hmm. he knew I was working on it, but that wasn't what he was wanting to do. And so he liked me, not the persona because he didn't know the persona. And so that's a really hard thing too. But that's why I'm excited about talking to someone who is married to someone that's quite recognizable. And Brady himself is an actor, but he's not as recognizable because Mm -hmm. they've actually made the conscious effort for his work to be on the side sometimes because they believe that one of them should be working while like they try to mutually support each other. They have some balance. They have amazing balance. They walk to church on Sundays. Wow. Yeah. I, I feel like your podcast, it's like this developing brand that can go, it doesn't need to end with the 52 weeks. <laughs> yeah, I know that's what that, everyone says. <laughs> well, and I think that's becoming apparent as more and more opportunities, your networking keeps branching out through all this and you know, it it doesn't have to it doesn't have to end nor should it necessarily, obviously. Uh, your actual health is more important than that and the the podcast is part of that. So that it part's is. interesting. And I think it's sad that it took doing it for other people to make it about me. Does that sound weird? But like doing challenges that other people will hold me accountable to um, and being 
honest about that, you know? So one of the things that's hard for me and John pointed out on our last episode was like, Hey, uh, you make a camp, you make a tent, then you put walls up and then you put a roof on like past relationships or past things that have happened in the past. And you just sit in that house and that house is not, you know, maybe you'll move back to that house or not, but you can't just sit in that house. So he's like pushing me to start dating again, which is something I've never done before. I always, you know, I always kind of grieve for a while um, and kind of go into my, my own little hole, especially Mm -hmm. because people knew we were dating. And so it feels very public. I mean, it's not very public, but it feels, feels really awkward. So Uh, if you start dating, Oh, you're dating again already. Yeah. And for me, it's not, it's not what my heart wants. Uh, But knowing that that's part of the process and part of when I told him I would do what he told me to do. Um, You know, so it's really interesting. And uh, he's developed quite a following of people who are like, what does John think? I'm like, oh, (laughs) he really does not have any qualifications. (laughs) WWJT. Uh Uh-huh. No, it's great. So it's hard. It's, I don't know that I would recommend it to everyone. I think I'm, but the vulnerability, it's funny people, when you start being vulnerable with people, what they give you back is, and I don't want to pretend that that doesn't matter a lot. Like the number of emails, phone calls, uh, messages I get of people who say like, look, I'm not, my favorite is I I have a friend, he's African American, he's a preacher, he's got several kids, he lives in uh, Denver, and I went to go see him, and this was in the process of everything was kind of up in the air, because I had two friends edit my last podcast for me, which was so great, so great, it's actually the editor, the logist, he was like, Sarah, let me take your stuff, I'll turn it out. But again, it's based on his time, he's being so kind and doing it for free, right? and being so nice. So I go to Denver, I'm speaking at an event and the guy who's hosting it, African-American guy named Jasper, he's like incredible dynamic pastor. He comes up to me, he's like, when is the next episode of Sonderless coming out? Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? He's like, oh, I, I love it. And I was like, why Jasper, you're not exactly what the demographic, like we thought it would be like women who are single and, and it's not, it is it's absolutely not. not at all. It's not. Yeah. I thought that when I was, I'm, I was going to listen regardless because of our conversations and getting to know you a little bit. And as I'm listening to it, it's like, I don't think I was the target demo, Mm-mm. you know, uh, late thirties married family, but you, uh, all the lessons you're learning or the things you're discussing go mm-hmm. so far beyond single life or anything Mm-mm. like that. Yeah, absolutely. So I think people should listen no matter where you're at. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. And that's been the weird thing too, is people have been like, oh yeah, someone suggested this to me. That's never what I thought I would. They were like, it's like millennial struggling. Who needs to hear that? <laughs> and I felt the same way, like creating it, right? Like I, you know, as I sat, I was like, here's a privileged white person who has a master's degree, who like life looks great. You're living in one of the richest Areas, driving babs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I was thinking like, right who wants South to Coast hear? Plaza. Like, she's, she sounds like the worst. Like as I like described, my, like I was like, she's the worst. And I'm telling my friends this and they're like, people can relate because they've built that like persona that people think. And the number of people who like are like, we're cheering for you. Like we're hoping for you. Um, you know, and I think, it's hard because, you know, as much as we joke about the dating, people like call about that. Like that they, they're rooting for you in the dating realm. That's the, or if we don't do enough episodes. They don't care about the other aspects of your life. They care about the other aspects, but they're like, and even Lisa Yabo, the show I did with her, she says, it's funny, that's the thing people ask her all the time. Who are you seeing? 
who are you dating? And Lisa's actually 40, and she struggled with, like, she's a dynamic African-American preacher in North Carolina. She runs this amazing, she's incredible. She's a spitfire. And people are like, I don't know what to do with that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the, and she said, sometimes a girl just wants dumplings. Like, just take me for dumplings. That's what I want. Like, yeah, yeah. like she just laid it out. She's like, if you were out there, I just want some dumplings. For, for <laughs> yeah. gizzards? Yeah, she's, Good grief. She's beautiful. And so it's intimidating. She's right? single? Yep. Uh, um, you know, come back to North Carolina. Yeah, she's incredible. Uh, but I think it is this amazing conversation that I didn't realize needed to be had. And so some days I'm okay with the fact that I'm having it. And some days I like to pretend that it's not happening. Mm. So what, what happens to Sarah if after the end of what, 26 more weeks, mm-hmm. no dude. It's not about the no dude. Cause it wasn't, you have to find your, it's about experiencing life. Scott. It's just a, yeah. Cause it's about, oh, thanks Jeff. No, it's a, that's the whole thing. He didn't say find a spouse. He said, you have to start dating. Um, and having a dating life because he was watching me, um, be a bridesmaid, kiss babies. I love kids. I've always wanted kids. And he's like, I see you every time someone else has a baby. You're great. You're so great at faking that you're so happy for them. And I am happy. I'm super happy for them. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like. You have that thought in the back of your. Right. Well, and the worst part was it became my reality where I just didn't think that was for me. Can you imagine how angry you are at God? If you think having to serve God, and again, this is the the problem. It's the the issue versus the symptom. The problem is my theology was that that life was for everyone else, and it's not going to happen for me. And if I if I pretend I don't want it, it makes it less painful. Right. And so I was creating this narrative and putting that out in the world. And not putting it out like my sermons were like, you know, who's independent? This girl. You know, that's not what was happening. (laughs) But it was like I pretended that I enjoy your Christmases and then I would go home and have the best white Russians. Um, (laughs) You know, but like Christmas Eve drinking white Russians by yourself is not like that's really they don't make movies out of that. They do. It's called like a Bridget Jones diary and she still has like two dudes fighting over. So I think it was, it's this hard. I also just want to be present to what's already a blessing. So as I'm sitting in this like complaining thing or not complaining, but just being like, these are areas I'm not happy with. It's been weird because I'm learning to highlight the things that are like, if I have to fight for still living here, I start thinking about why I love living here. And so John's whole point is like, he's kind of like, he's kind of a ninja. Because his whole point is like, if I push you hard enough, you're going to fight for something and then you're going to realize that you love it. Like my life is filled with amazing things. So whether there's a dude or not, maybe isn't the point. Um, I mean, I'd love that. I love if it would tied up with a nice little bow and maybe Mr. comes back in my life. Maybe I meet someone else, whatever. I'd love that. But I, that cannot be my goal or focus because otherwise it sounds like God does not care for me and is not for me when those things don't happen. So that's I, a word I, of knowledge right yeah, there. I can relate. I can relate. I, you know, um, yeah, going, go, yeah, going home at Christmas is not fun when you're al- alone and you see everyone else. Yeah. I yeah. Can relate. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard. And my friends are like incredible. So they want me in places, but there has been, especially in the last couple of years, there's been this shift and, 
like I would date people. It's not that I wasn't dating people, but they would get so excited about the poor guy. Like he'd show up. I remember I was dating this guy and he showed up to something and my friends were like overly, I was like, y'all need to simmer down. Like it's uncomfortable. Back um, up. Yeah. Cause they were so excited and it, it made me feel like kind of a, like kind of a loser a little like bit. They were excited for you. They were just like, yeah, they were so like, excited. Oh, she has a Do you thing? see him? Here he is. Here he is. Wait, shh, 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 shh. And he, he's incredible. That was another incredible dude I was seeing and he handled it really well, but it made me feel like, God, eh, this is weird. Cause at this stage of life, most of my friends are married and they have kids and life is moving along. And it's really hard cause they want me at things. They want me at events and that kind of stuff. And that's great. And it's wonderful. But again, you realize you're kind of watching everybody else live their life. And that's what I feel like. Like I, I always go back to that image of me standing on a stage, whether it's Easter or Christmas, and I'm creating this environment because I love to just pour my creativity into every um, big and even little uh, service, right? I love to like make people have experiences because that's just my creative brain and how I think. And so these families are having these experiences. And I'm thinking sometimes, man, I just wish I was out there in the pews getting to just go to church and just be a girl. Like what would mm-hmm. it be like to just be a girl and not be Pastor Sarah? And I think that's been the conversation I'm having with myself and others. So that's what people publicly get to when, listen to. When you, yeah. post that, when you post that question to yourself, did you have any, like, did you feel anything in just thinking about that question? Like just being that girl, did some burden like, oh, wait, that kind of felt good? Yeah, it did. It really does. But it's also, I'm very afraid. You know, you heard, <laughs> the, you heard the theology of earlier because what if, what I realized is a couple of years ago I started, so I was getting married when I was about 30. Um, we had planned it out. He'd asked my dad, we'd gone ring shopping and he left. Then he married a non-denom girl who is a school teacher and her theology isn't going to be difficult for him to have to negotiate or think through. And I didn't know actually until working on the podcast that he actually had told my best guy friend who didn't feel like telling me uh, that the reason he had left is he didn't want to be married to a pastor. And the pain of that, because I think I knew that. Um, So I think... I began telling myself the story and even the car. So literally, this is a circular conversation. I drove a convertible Mini Cooper. I usually date tall guys. They can't fit in my car. Right, right. <laughs> Children couldn't fit in my car. <laughs> I was driving a car that said, I don't want that. Because I had, if I want that, and if it is obvious that I want that, And if I admit to myself that the family and the supportive person and, you know, every staff I've ever worked on, I'm the only single person, you know, and I think the pain, the pain of that, because I had been in that, like everyone knew I was getting married. And so my life made sense to everyone. And then it didn't. And and that pain, people were uncomfortable. They didn't know what to do with that pain. So they don't, they literally like kind of avoid it or avoid you or, you know, it was it was hard because a bunch of our friends got married that summer and he was like in supposed to be in the weddings. It was just a hard, hard experience. And I think I, I decided to narrate to myself that I don't really want I don't I don't really want these things, because if I if I really wanted those things and this God that I preach about every week, the, this God that I have served so I hope faithfully, this God that I narrate as being for other people. What does that say? What does my life say? And am I a disappointment as a pastor? 
and obviously like it's a it's pretty jacked up theology it's prosperity gospel like it's not look at the people of the bible their lives weren't exactly like well you served god here's the good things right you get to be hung upside down <laughs> you know, like, it's not exactly like you get across and you, you get, get across, across. And you get a- <laughs> it's not exactly oprah like it's the secret nothing works out um so i think i i just am playing around with what if god loves me and it, it sounds ridiculous as a pastor because I 100% believe that God loves you guys. I do. I 100% believe that. Even Scott. <laughs> Even Scott. We're not sure. Yeah. You know what? I am. So Especially Scott. I'll hold on to that for you. Um, but I feel like a failure, not just because my life doesn't look the way I thought it would, but because it doesn't look the way other people thought it would. Like I have people, <laughs> you know, it's hard because mm-hmm. people will be like, you are so like you're so pretty i can't believe you're single and i'm like yeah it's because i have a really bad personality like or or when people are like you have such a great personality i can't believe you're single and i'm like it's because i'm not good looking like you just like no okay you can always find a way stop stop like it there are many plenty of self-deprecating people in this world um I'm I'm one of those. No kidding. Yeah, yeah. If you could, if you could Im- imagine that, uh, man. I mean, where do you where do you go from here? What what does Sarah Heath want out of her life? Hmm. Well, that's the fun part, right? So I don't want to Saunderlust anymore. That straightforward. What is that? So I don't want to look around and go, "I wish I had that person's life." I want to believe. That the life, I don't, I want to be content because, you know, you look at statistics and I'm a huge nerd. So I love to like, look at these things and read these things. People aren't happiest when they have the most or they have the best looking life. They're the happiest with when they look around and go, man, this is great. I look at like, uh, my parents have been married for a long time and they just have my mom, you know, I, I started saying to them and it is what it is. And she's like, that's kind of just like her life motto, like you know, Bob is who Bob is. He's not changing at this point, you know? So mm-hmm. they, they're so, I mean, of course there's things that they like want to change, but there's, there's this contentment and there's this rootedness in, um, these are the choices that I made because if I'm honest, when I started Sondra Lust, the anger I had towards God that I wasn't willing to admit because of the pain I experienced so many years ago was that, um, I, I didn't know how to be content with where I was at because it felt forced. Sometimes pastors talk about being like, there's nowhere you can go away from ministry. That's really crappy. Like, what if I, what if I don't want to do that? You know what I mean? Uh, And so the idea that I was somehow forced into ministry because I'm really good at it. And then that meant that I had to be a nun is really angering. But instead of being honest about that, I just was like, Oh no, it's just part of who I am. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, and so I think what Sarah Heath wants is to be content with where she is right now and, and, and be content with where she's headed and be excited about it and be hopeful because I wasn't hopeful for a really long time. So that's what I've been working on. Like not, I was hopeful for like, yeah, this might work, but think about it. Like if you've always had this idea of how you want your life to look, and it doesn't look that way. But what's even worse 
is if I didn't do the hard work of Sonderlust, if I didn't do the hard work of all of this, say in six months, my life looks, I find the guy, he happens to have two kids. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It's a Nicholas Sparks movie. So his wife's gone. I don't know what happened to her. Um, You know, whatever that might be. Um, And I've got all the things I got. Now I've got another income. Life is a little easier. If I don't deal with learning how to be content, it's it that has become an idol. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It, well, it does. It doesn't. It doesn't. Because if, like, I think right now I could be content with living on ten acres of land with, by myself, and uh, like a self-sustaining property. Let's say. I mean, that's real. Sounds that's real like for a militia. me. Yeah, okay. that's that, uh-huh. that that that's real. That's what I actually think. I, I think I would be content with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that may not be the thing that I would be content with. I, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. So sure, yeah, we should be, con- yeah, ha- being able to be content with the, our current situation. Yes, that doesn't necessarily mean though that that's the right thing that we should be doing. Mm-hmm. So there, so there's a a balance of okay, fine, yeah. Whether whether I am have the of a good job or not, getting paid well or not, having Are you enneagrammed him. Uh, yeah, I'm five. Yes. <laughs> no kidding. Solid five. Solid yeah. five. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're not gonna. Yeah, I'm stubborn, and you're not gonna change me, mm-hmm. no matter how hard you try. I'm not right. gonna try. I'm too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what? I, what I'm. But what I'm saying is, sure. Yeah. We being content with what we have, but where we are right now is not necessarily where we should be. Well, that's why she said she's looking forward to being content now and also where she's headed. But I think like there's also the element of the kingdom of God. So there's also a theology that the kingdom of God, everything good happens later. And so what does that mean about everything now? Well, everything now is bad. And when we do that, if you play it out the furthest way, and if you do that, then you really don't experience like the kingdom of God is now and it's the yet and not yet. Right. Not to compare my life to the kingdom of God. That got real serious. You are bold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's real serious. But what I'm saying is like, if I believe that narrative throughout my entire life, like I'm excited about learning how to be okay with not knowing things. Because I think with my position and what I do and the fancy degree I carry around, um, sometimes I feel like, well, I should, I should know. And what if I change my mind? But then you look like, like great minds. Like if you read Bart or whatever, he, he, you know, he's written all this stuff. And if you actually look at it, where he was in the beginning is not where he ends up in the end. And I think that's the allowing, giving myself permission to be in process. Like I do with everybody else Yeah, is part of Sonderlust and part of like getting rid of that part of not saying like, Life has to look a certain way or be a certain way for me to be satisfied because I do have friends who all they wanted to do was get married and then they got married and now it's 10, 15 years later and they're going, who am I? Yeah. And so I want, I, mm-hmm. I want to recognize the joy and luck that I, that I even get to do this. Like I get to like, and the weird thing is like my brother is participating in it. He's like, oh, I want to know like what are my things I want to do. And so one of the things that we're doing, well, we're ramping up in the next uh, couple of weeks actually, is I'm working with a marketing team um, who are incredible that work in my field works uh, co-working space. Um, we're going to start engaging the audience and letting them like, what are the four things you want to do in the next year? What are the four things that you feel like 
whether you've said it audibly or not, but you feel like this is a challenge. And if you don't know what that is, sit with one of your friends and say, what are the four things that you think will push me that way? Or do, cause we don't do that. We just kind of get stuck in the day to day to day. And that's why John, he, he made it. So I have some skin in the game. He said, I will move you and you don't get to decide where, because he knew that if I didn't have to fight for where I am or fight for, you know, cause I all the time was like, Oh yeah, I, I date. He was like, no, you actually don't. Yeah. You know? Why, um, and why didn't you? <laughs> Jeez. We, have you been listening? Uh, well, this is before a son or lost. Um, lots of reasons. I think part of it was being a little damaged. I think part of it was kind of hoping I'd come across the person again, that like, whole let thing. life happen. Let life was happening to me. Right. That's a, that's a, it's a big, and it's interesting because I'm a two with a very strong, if you know Enneagram, sorry, a two with a very strong three wings. So the three is the performer and the achiever. But when you're a two with a three, you're constantly like, I'm really good at this. No, I'm not. You know, so it's this constant. Mm-hmm. So you let life happen to you and then you achieve in the places where it happens to you. I don't want to be a pastor because it happened to me. I want to be a pastor because I think that's where God has me and it's the best use of my gifts that I have right now. And so that's what I'm working through. I'm trying to figure out, do I like my job? Do I love my job? I have a, I have a gift and a curse in that my father is an incredible doctor and he loves his job. He loves it. And so I have that as a model mm-hmm. and yeah. I, and I'm like, well, will I be that bummed about being like my dad's thinking about retiring, thinking about retiring at 69. He's going to be 69 and <laughs> next week. Um, <laughs> thinking about retiring, daddy, like you're, <laughs> you're going to be, he's going to, sorry, he's going to be 68. Dad, you're like going to be 68. Like, yeah. you know, it's coming. Yes. It's okay. Right. It's okay if you retire. And not because, you know, it's just not because it's just his identity, but because he loves, like he reads medical journals cause he's super interested in it, you know, and I want to have that. And I don't know that everyone gets that. So maybe the side thing that I love is podcasting because I do. I love it. Um, and I got to figure out what that looks like. So I, I'm so grateful for this journey. Mm-hmm. I have hated a lot of it because it's so raw and I don't get to decide what happens to me. Because mm-hmm. if it was a scripted story, that'd be great, guys. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> right? Bo. Yeah, it'd be great. Yeah. Um, but so... It's not- do you want to go on a date? No. We would not get along. I would scratch your eyeballs out. I'm a two. We don't do well with fives. Yeah, but fives do well with anybody. You got that backwards. <laughs> fives are okay with... <laughs> I, I think fives are okay with... Eyeball scratching. Eyeball scratching, I yeah. Like I just don't need that much disruption in my life. <laughs> do you need to be challenged all the time? Well, no, I, I, I promise you, I won't answer my phone for what, an hour, two hours, at least. At least, I, I don't look at my phone. So no, I mean, well, you, you'll have a lot of free time <laughs> because I want a lot of free time. <laughs> so I if think you send me a other. message, I, I probably wouldn't even respond for a while. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the first time anyone's been asked that on a podcast. <laughs> Yeah. I didn't script that. Yeah. <laughs> it's fantastic. Nor and, th- and that's okay. And it's okay. And, and I, I completely understand. Yeah, uh, our that, personalities. Yeah. Wouldn't you say our personalities are not similar? I would love to see the eyeball scratching. <laughs> <laughs> see that? I, that w- it would be interesting. It would I be will, interesting. It, yeah. I don't know that interesting is what I'm looking for. And that's fine. That's fine. 
Yeah. That's you okay. probably your yeah. your adjective is probably correct. It's just I don't even know what an adjective is. Interesting. Oh. I think this uh, I'm a female pastor. You're not sure even how you feel about women in ministry. Oh, no, I, sure. I, I I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Please tell me you have some more questions on that magic Yeah, we're, well, well like, right, like right now. I'm trying I'm trying <laughs> to I've been trying to land this plane. Well, actually I haven't really been trying, but we're going to land this plane. Perfect. But I, I will. I I'm, think I just got sucked out the window. Go I ahead. love that too you're soon. <laughs> too, soon. That is too soon. Too soon. It is too she soon. Actually I love that I you, you were grounded in what you were doing and someone called <laughs> you out to just take action and just move the foundation. Yeah, I and did. And she it said was no. scary. You're like, do I even have anything underneath my feet? Am I going to fall? I don't. And that was. That it's a fun story, and I'm I know it's scary for you, but I love watching this. <laughs> yeah, it's. I love when people just take risks in their lives, and it shakes it I up, and it's good. I couldn't turn thirty eight in September, and be exactly where it was, and I knew that it was my birthday when I called him, and he said we have this conversation every year, so I don't want to mm. have this conversation again, Sarah. And so I was like, all right, I'll do a podcast. Yeah. And I had friends who were like, don't work this out publicly. And I said, guys, I don't think I will work it out if I don't work it out pu- publicly. Right. Um, and a lot of people need that. People need the voices. Yeah. They need strong leaders to like take that step where the person doesn't want to, maybe suffers, but also grows through it. And then Sandra Lest, it started with you. It's going to end up being about other people. If it mm-hmm. continues, I yeah. think... You're yeah. going to be guiding and and telling other people's stories and how they're Sonder lusting. Yeah, we word? call it Sonder lusties. <laughs> yeah, lusters. I like it. Sonder I like lusters. it. I think there's a future in that. Your your podcast is seriously. Thank you. It's very dramatic, um, but I think podcasting is gonna is a part of saving the world. I think a little bit too. Maybe even saving the universe. <laughs> the world is in oh, the universe. Right. It, Partially, yeah. It's it's yeah. playing a part, and you're a part of that. Thank you. And everything I've heard you in is is great. Thanks. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have to listen to Sunderlust. Yeah. You know, well, but now you have the spoiler alert because you're gonna be like, everything's going great, and she's learning a lot about three months in, and then it's like, oh god, the wheels came off. <laughs> yeah, but along <laughs> the right. way, Maybe along I'll the just... way, you're gonna you're gonna learn stuff. I am. Yeah. Yes. Okay. There's like I don't. It's just from not, women. From yeah. So there's like I feel like you'd be okay with that. Uh, there's a lot of. Uh, there's a lot of experts on there. So I have randomly I have a lot of experts in my life in like random fields. It's very broad. Yeah. So like, broad application. So there's people who like like one of my friends talks about uh, social media like trolling and how do we deal with like when we have a lot of critique on us how do we like. I have I I know a woman who runs the sexual health clinic that's like sexual satisfaction and relationship in long term relationships. That's her study work. That's what she does. She runs a clinic that has studied thousands upon thousands upon thousands of couples. Couples have been together for years and years, and they have problems intimating. Right. Well, and we're still podcasting, Scott. Even though we're we're trying to end this, get on the mic. I'm just thinking, John. Talk some sense into her. Shut up, Scott. Yes. yes. I love it because I up, Scott. thought you were saying that. Because <laughs> I looked the other way. That's it. Because, well, it is Jeff. Yeah. Um, I think, I, yeah, I just think there's lots of 
because I can't, I'm not an expert, obviously. This is me admitting I'm not an expert. And John is certainly not an expert. And so uh, that's what we're hoping to do. So I hope it helps people who are satisfied, not satisfied, hoping for more. I think we all have things that, if we're honest, we're hoping change. Beautiful. I'm going to get on that podcast. Yeah. Get it. I got one silly question. I'm ready. Um, and it's basically, what are you listening to? But... You're walking into the New Jerusalem, the gates are wide open, and you get to have one person announce you and your what is your walk-up music. So who's the person, dead or alive, Okay. and what's your walk-up music? Okay, just for right now, my walk-up music is Chance the Rapper and Anderson Pock doing a, like, crossover together would be great who is announcing me <laughs> who is announcing me is um the guy hold on i have to remember his name he's a british comedian who i adore and i can't think of his name right now because i'm on the spot is he on netflix mm-hmm. is it a fairly recent special no okay. uh shoot he often dresses in drag. He's hysterical. Oh, um, oh, now I'm doing it. I, I know. You know exactly who I'm talking about. He's in politics now, isn't he? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, he does. He's hysterical. He's been around for a while. I know you know him, Scott. We used to watch him when I was single on the Bachelor <laughs> pad. <sighs> Izzy Izzard. Eddie, Eddie Izzard. Izzard. Eddie. Eddie Izzard announces me. Did you say Izzy Izzard. All right. <laughs> Sorry, I was way off, and you guys couldn't get what Eddie I was going. Izzard, yeah. Yes, Eddie Izzard, Anderson Pac, Chance the Rapper. That's what I'm walking up to. Rad. Ooh, Drake's mixing it though. Should have cued it up better, Scott. Come on. You gotta be careful. He says chicka, really dirty words. Chicka ching That's right. We're E for chicka, excellent. Chicka <laughs> Bros, Bibles, and beer, creating sacred. Do space. the same thing and more. <laughs> Is that my voice? <laughs> Can you say it with yourself? Bros, Bibles, and beer, creating a sacred space. <laughs> so thank, meta. <laughs> thank, thank you, Sarah. Drop the mic. Yeah, you're welcome. How long before we get sued? <laughs> what? It's Chance the Rapper. You think he has a lawyer? Come on. Do the same drugs anymore. (laughs) (laughs) This is your walkout song? No, I said Anderson Pop, mixed with Chance the Rapper, mixed together by Drake. Nobody has ever accused Scott of this.